0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode three of the Lost Art of WrestleBox, the collaborative wrestling podcast that is getting you through the COVID-19 pandemic by reviewing some free wrestling content. And today we are having a look at the very first independently produced show from New Japan Pro Wrestling in the United Kingdom. It's NJPW Royal Quest. I'm your host, the Stowaway from RAD Live. Um I'm pretty sure we have like other guys that are going under but i'm simply known as lewis Ogden. and joining me as ever is the man who is known as not daz in the group chat the reigning well maybe defending if we ever get to next year um the lost art of wrestling wrestlemania predictions champion and a man who i hereby christen as the master of boys it's mr anthony dark
1: yes i want it all i want it all
0: And you're going to get it I want it all. You're going to get
1: it now. And I want it now. Give it to me now. (laughs) Yes. Not Daz, the one and only, the one and only. I'm getting used to that now. Being called it in the street. Uh, Yeah, wife is calling it me now. It's all good.
0: Being called it in the
1: street. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's better than that bald dickhead that I usually get.
0: (laughs) How are things, mate? How are you doing?
1: Things are very, very, very well. Good. Very, very well. Just, hmm. just happy, all back to work. Everything slowly returning back to normal. Very fucking slowly. Um, however, once again, these shows have
0: come up. Uh, come up, Trump's for us. Coming up, Millhouse. Um, yeah, it's, life for me hasn't really returned to normal. The only sort of like normalcy that has kicked in since the last time we recorded one of these shows is that New Japan Pro Wrestling is officially back. Yes, get in. Uh, Yeah, uh, there was a press conference on uh, June the 8th, I believe it was. I believe it was the 8th. Let me just quickly check my calendar because I remember that it was definitely a Tuesday.
1: (laughs) Pick a Tuesday, Uh any Tuesday.
0: (laughs) Or it might have been the Monday. I'm not really certain. Or a
1: Monday. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, it could have been any day between, you know, it could have been Monday, Friday, Saturday, or
0: Sunday. It's one of them. No, I'm pretty sure it was uh, Monday the 8th of June, and uh, we're recording here on the 17th. Um, Yeah, there was a press conference called by uh, New Japan chairman, uh, Naoki (laughs) Sugabashi, who announced in an online press conference that the New Japan Pro Wrestling events would be returning starting on June the 15th. The first show of that being a um, show entitled The Together Project Special, uh, which is just like a mystery Mystery show, really, with just sort of like a card that wasn't announced until the start of the event. Um, And then uh, the New Japan Cup, which had been previously slated for March, would instead start on June the 16th. So where we are at the moment, it was the equivalent of yesterday, uh, and be running through to July the 11th, uh, with the finals taking place on July the 11th and the winner of the New Japan Cup going on to... Uh, Dominion, which was originally scheduled for uh, around about mid-June, but instead they're doing it in sort of like mid-July instead. Um, So the winner of the New Japan Cup would be in the main event, uh, challenging for both the IWGP World and Intercontinental titles. Um, And yeah, these these shows up until the finals of the New Japan Cup uh, all... Uh, had no fans in attendance but dominion on july the 12th will mark the very first show that will allow fans into the arena although it will only be a third capacity in Osaka Joe hall but it would still be the equivalent of about like four thousand people in the building um can we, just just on just on that now can we just praise new
1: japan pro wrestling for their response mm-hmm. during this pandemic Yes. in cancelling every event during a, a national emergency, doing mm-hmm. things properly and not putting your talent through sheer hell in, yes. in a very what is a very dangerous environment oh, already mm-hmm. and not pushing them for it, whizzed it straight away, we'll get back. Once it's safe, it's safe now. Hallelujah. New Japan are doing it right. Get your eyes on that telly, people. Get your eyes on that telly.
0: Yeah. And you've got to bear in mind as well that New Japan Pro Wrestling is not a multi-million dollar company. It's you know because there was a update that um, Harold May, the um, president of New Japan, uh, issued probably about a month before this whole press conference um, came up with, and he just basi- basically it was like a ten minute video. It's available on the New Japan uh, YouTube page, and. It was literally just, just, just a case of like until, you know, the national Japan lifts the national state of emergency, you know, lockdown that is across the whole country. We won't be, you know, we won't be doing any, you know, there won't be any job cuts. We won't be doing any shows, but you know, everyone it will be secure in you know keeping their jobs and even when we will even when we do return there will be sort of like strict guidelines strict um processes like even this, the the shows that I've been uh, watching over the past 3 days like h- about halfway through the shows they'll have like a little like 5 10 minutes where they'll sort of like go off camera and they just call that it's literally just so the um the ring cans can just clean and disinfect the ring ropes, ringside, wherever, really. And I mean, if you put into comparison what a certain other company uh, is doing at the moment, it's uh, it really puts them to shame.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say on that note as well that other companies in AEW who I know have put those things in place themselves to an extent. Obviously, they've had they've taped everything, but they do that uh, t- where they've been taping in Jacksonville. the the, the arena, Jacksonville, the American football team play for. It. I, I can't remember the name of the stadium. That arena is essentially biosecure, from what I've been told. They check temperatures in and out. They are allowed. To, they are allowed to wear face masks. Again, unlike another company, mm-hmm. they are allowed to wear face masks. They're allowed to say no and stay home. There's a, there's a nice little freedom. Again, nice wrestling companies to work for, mm-hmm. and not being pushed through a, a meat grinder so to yes. speak and how many people did new japan
0: release over this uh, uh i believe it was none i might none. be quoted might I be think... quoted as being wrong but
1: yeah aw released none how none. many did that other company about what was it in its upper hundreds in, if we're including
0: writers and god knows what else i don't know if i go into the hundreds but like it's it's double figures definitely
1: yeah when when they did when we when we all know, let's be honest, they didn't really need to.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: But anyway, yeah. sodden. And, yeah.
0: Well <laughs> sodden. You, you won't see this company have uh, a very high ranking uh, very high ranking director saying that if you wear a mask at our events you're not a real fan, but hey ho, that is
1: uh Yeah, stop giving that man money, people.
0: Yeah.
1: Unsubscribe, do that, subscribe <laughs> to this new Japan thing, let's
0: go. He's got plenty. He's got plenty of money to fix his book, fucking bucky beaver motherfucking teeth. Um, but hey ho, uh,
1: <laughs> so what yet, we were doing Japan...
0: again? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, New Japan Pro Wrestling is officially back. Um, as I say, I've watched uh, the free shows that they've produced so far. So the events that took that have taken place on the fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth of June. I'm probably going to be doing a separate podcast, sort of like to the side, just basically giving my thoughts on. Sort of like these events because they've only really been sort of like shows that have lasted two, maybe even just under two and a half hours. So they're easy shows to watch. Um, and yeah, you can get my uh, my views and thoughts on uh, the matches that take place in the, these events. But that's all the event we're talking about today. We are talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling Royal Quest which took place at the Copper Box Arena in London on the 31st of August to 2019. Now, the Copper Box Arena was um, one of the venues that was showcased or played host to the 2012 uh, Summer Olympics. So there's a nice little...
1: Uh, I see some of that shit still being used.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has some use outside of... Uh, <laughs> Something that happened nearly seven years ago that at this time. Glorified sports day we had. <laughs> mm. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, attendance of the night um is a near sellout at six thousand one hundred and nineteen, which I mean just just shows the the kind of popularity, particularly when you factor in that it's one of the highest attended events for any non-televised promotion in the UK. I mean, that's that really for me just sort of
2: speaks um,
0: volume of the product, speaks volume of the product. I mean, like I'll well, I will always continue to bring this event up until I'm blue in the face. But the Rev Pro New Japan crossover show that I went to see in Altringham, there was an estimated about three and a half thousand people. And this wasn't like a great big, massive building. It was a building that's typically um, used for sort of like ice hockey. And not even sort of like popular ice hockey, but you know, it just it, it, as as you say, and it speaks volumes, of sort of like the pop- popularity of the, com- of the company. Yeah, that's what. I was and
1: talking. and it says a lot about let's be let's be honest, probably the people that aren't the most well paid people in the world. No. Let's put it that way. Um Well, if anything, it comes to it comes to anything. You no, know, some people spend it on football. If you want to spend seventy quid on ticket football, that's your choice. But if you're going, when you consider all the, the the big boys, shall we say, and this is probably what you wouldn't consider one of the big boys in, especially in this country, when I think it was it six thousand people, when six thousand uh, people cram into a, an, an arena for a yeah. non televised event from a f- from a wrestling company that's hundreds of miles away. Yeah. It's, it, it says a lot about what they're doing and how far it's getting. Because they're always saying that the criticism of New Japan is they're not the big dog in, in the USA or, or, or the UK, for instance, or in, or in Germany, who have got another a great wrestling scene, Germany. Mm. Um, but in fact, let's be honest, at this, at this very moment in time, speaking to, to you now, they probably are. They probably are the the big dog now. They probably are, especially in
0: wrestling fans. Wrestling fans, yes. In terms of hardcore popularity, I mean, like... I, I mean, you know, you, you, you probably get sort of like you, your odd fans when WWE come over to do sort of like the European tour, but I can't really say that they're proper diehard fans. Whereas, I mean, you can sort of... You can tell at points throughout this event um, that there is a there is like a passion there there is like an understanding of the product you are going to go to this show if you're at the very least familiar with new japan pro wrestling
1: it's not a kids day out no it's not a kids day out definitely not By that way
0: no um yeah so uh commentary team tonight is kevin kelly and gino gambino one of uh many back players in the bullet club officially um i just want to make mention of the production values for this show. Now it's uh it's very clear, at least in my eye, that the majority of production is being used by um recording equipment that you would normally see on Revolution Pro's streaming service. And I say that because the show opens up, there's like an opening package, it's sort of like shows highlights from the finals of the G1 tournament and then clips from the Madison square garden show with the G1 supercard and then like clips from the Australia tour. And then they do a full, ru- full rundown of the, uh, the eight, eight match card. And then literally as like people are making their entrance for sort of like the opening contest, they cut to where, um, Kevin Kelly and Gino Gambino are doing commentary and there's no audio feed. So you're literally looking at these two commentators doing their best. Uh, <laughs> lip t- you, you just got to basically tr- be an expert lip reader to try and figure <laughs> out, out what they're saying. <laughs> Someone from a chalk and a blackboard.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, I mean, like the production values. They eventually get the the, the microphones working, but I mean, it Gino does go Gambino-
1: again, doesn't it? It does go again at some
0: point. It goes a couple of times because, yeah. like, Gino Gambino's like. Microphone quality is relatively fine, but Kevin Kelly's is freaking woeful. It's as if you sort of like you've got the um, microphone volume turned up way too much. It's just sort of like blowing, blowing the headsets off of people, and then it sort of it it goes. I think it's like the third match where the commentary like cuts out, and then you can only hear Gino Gambino, and then Gino hands it to Kevin Kelly because obviously he's the play by play guy. And then I don't think it's it's like gets to like the the very end of the fourth match until we get like both commentators on mm. and yeah and, I mean even even the northwest based wrestling promotion <laughs> which will go unnamed they got to a stage where their um, their production requ- equipment was subpar and. Then they invested in it, and the quality got significantly better. And you know, you know, I think it literally just be a case of like either Rev Pro gets better recording equipment, or New Japan Pro Wrestling dig a little bit deeper into your, po- into your pocket, pay whatever subsequent airfare you need to need to get your equipment over. Because the thing is, if you're somebody who's never watched New Japan Pro Wrestling before, and you watch this event, You'd marvel somewhat at the in-ring action, but at the same time you'd just be like, God Almighty is sort of like the production side of it is woeful. And the thing is, I can tell you from watching multiple New Japan New Japan product that is on the other side of the in the Orient, and I can tell you the the production equipment, the the production as a whole is next to none, really. It really, really is, but you know, it just it, it it leaves a bad impression when you're using subpar equipment. Really,
1: would that be possibly a reflection on how? Now, I don't want to have done this um, this show down by any stretch of the means, but how New Japan possibly took this event? Would they, didn't did if they took it seriously? Do you think they would send all their stuff over? Do you think or because they thought? ah, they've got it over there, it'll be fine, no
0: worries, sort of thing. And sort of just, like, stretched it. I don't know. I I think there's probably a case for sort of, like, both sides of the argument. Mm. But without knowing sort of, like, specific details, I couldn't tell you, to be honest. But I just felt that it would have been... I felt it would have come across as sort of, like, taking your product a little bit more seriously if you had the, like, proper you know your proper high quality equipment oh yeah so used to yeah um um, yeah so opening package i really liked i really like this i particularly like the full rundown of the eight match card that's you know something that i can always the the kind of product um Kind of producing that I quite like from New Japan Pro Wrestling when particularly sort of like big major shows like a Dominion or a Wrestle Kingdom or whatever, they'll do this sort of like this full rundown of the entire match uh, of the entire card before the event officially begins, which I, I quite like. I think it's it's it gets you sort of like invested and you're sort of like, oh, we got you know this match and this match on this show. Thank Christ, I'm freaking watching it. Woo! Uh, right, so we should probably get on to the opening contest. It's a six-man tag team match. It's Rocky Romero, Sho and Yo, Roppongi 3K, and they are taking on the makeshift team of Young Lions, Rennerita, Shota and Shota Amino, and the uh, coach, Raisuke Taguchi. Um, are you familiar with the uh, the Young Lions or the New Japan Dojo system, Ant?
1: I am, and I'm not. I'm not going to confess to uh, to know a lot of it. Mm. I'm aware of uh, the, these two lads. Yes. Um, seen him before. I get, uh I've I've heard stories about this dojo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not going to confess to knowing too much. But I, I know it's there. I know it's there.
0: Yeah.
1: Love Roppongi so he... 3K, man. Love Roppongi 3K. Yeah. They have the best theme in wrestling. NBA. Oh, it's fat. <laughs> not <laughs> not, s- not going to have an argument. There's no argument. I didn't tell you about this, but um, best best, when... best theme ever.
0: <laughs> One of the best themes ever. Yeah. Um, we I went to sort of like a British J Cup show, um, that had like literally Rocky Romero show in yo on the show. And they were literally just sort of like have it. All three of them had singles matches and all three of them won. So we literally, I literally heard this <laughs> theme like six times in the course of sort of like, and I don't know, like a three hour show. It was fantastic. Because like literally, oh, <laughs> we, were, we, we were driving home and like literally all we could, all we, could, all we kept going was, we're a Pongy 3K, 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 we're
1: a Pongy k 3K. It's on Spotify as well. When I'm walking to a network worker <laughs> when I'm driving, that is what's on at the minute. The Roppongi. It's on Spotify. Go
0: and get it in your ears, people. Get it in your ears. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It's an outstanding. It's an outstanding theme. Um, so, yeah, I'll just give sort of like a very brief um, roundup of how the, um, the New Japan Dojo system works or sort of like how young lions are properly, you know, I, I want to say made, but yeah i can say made it's you know they're just basically making making themselves into into something um so when you're a young lion and you just basically it's i imagine it's just sort of like a a like a wrestling school really you go in there and you train and you're learning stuff um and then when like trainers think that you're um you know you're ready they'll sometimes be put on sort of like maybe a dark match or sort of like the opening match on an actual um b-level b-level sort of like new japan show and they'll go out there and have like a very simple very basic like seven or eight minute match and you're literally out there you're in black trunks black boots um, you know, you might have like a knee pad or an elbow pad here or there, but bar that, you're just sort of like you're you're a blank canvas, and it's literally just a case of um, working out, working out, and sort of like perfecting the basics. Um, so you might be on sort of like this. Um, you might be on this circuit for like a year, year maybe a little bit longer, and then sort of like the powers of be at New Japan will just be like, right, you need to go either to Europe or to the UK or to America or Mexico, go on the circuit there for sort of like a year or two and just sort of like get as much experience in as you can, and see if you can find out creatively if you can come up with a character that. For sort of like when you come back to New Japan Pro Wrestling, you've got that character and you can hit the ground running and try and make a name for yourself. And you know it's the these incur the ex excu, these excursions I should say, fucking hell, tripping all <laughs> the words all all up here. Um, it's these excursions that had Kaz- Kazuchika Okada come up with the Rainmaker persona and Jay White with the Switchblade persona. And you know, it, there's probably like evidence of a hell of a lot more, you know, the gimmicks that I can't think off the, off the top of my head. But those those are the two that that really stick out. And I just think it's a it's a really outstanding way of not only developing as a wrestler, but also developing the creative aspects that you put into becoming a wrestler.
1: Yeah, I, I. I... Uh, agree with that i think it's very difficult i'd think of it be very difficult as a young wrestler whatever in a company to be told by a writer who's not wrestled themselves or or just a writer just been a writer their whole life to be told what to look like how to act how to To perform, having just come up and think, right, that's my gimmick. Now I've got Mm -hmm. to take this and run with it, whether it's shit or not. With this, you find what you're comfortable in this this way. You find what you're comfortable with. You find what works. It's not simply throwing you out to (laughs) throwing you to lions, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It's a good way for young wrestlers to have a, a very, very good opportunity to make it and not simply be lost. It yeah. enables them to become confident with what they're doing, who they're performing. And that, look, I mean, look at Jay White. Mm-hmm. Look at Jay White in how many years? let three, four, three, four years, something like that.
0: Well, I mean, if you're talking about like the Switchblade persona, I mean, yeah. it's just a little over two years, I'd say. Two and a half. Look how that's
1: transitioned From him finding that And look where it's taken him Because he took it He believed believed in it That's the most important thing as a wrestler I think you've got to believe in yourself And what you're doing And that resonates through um, How you perform And it it gives you that connection with the crowd Mm -hmm. And you have to think You can perform better all round if you're yeah. not told what to do, as as from a gimmick sort of way, not in like a wrestling sort of way. You I mean you know you're taught how to wrestle, but in a gimmick sort of persona sort of way. I think it's so much better if you go out there and find it yourself rather than sit backstage, and wait for someone to tell you what to do and what to act, what to wear and how to wear it. Mm-hmm. I think it's much easier on them. Rather, yeah. than, and the, it's it's a worry at the end of the day because they're, they're shit scared of going out there, and yeah. they and I'd rather them go out as them there as themselves rather than some fucking god knows what that someone's made up.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Plus, it, plus, if you've if you've come up with a gimmick yourself, you have got to be more comfortable in it, and then even if you're not sort of like a hundred percent comfortable with it, you've got time to sort of like you know it, it's up to you to sort of change it in a way that's going to make you not only more comfortable with it but we, which is going to get the most out of the character you're trying to build mm-hmm. i just think it's 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 an it's a great way it really is a great way of sort of like i think not only yeah i as i say just the, the the online system is is just it, it's it's an outstanding standing way of sort of breaking somebody into the business, and it not only it not only breaks them in properly. It sort of like it weeds out it weeds out the creative, the people who are going to be most creative. And you know, to, to, given the sort of like the couple of young lions that we've got in the ring um, for this particular match alone, um, it really speaks sort of like volumes of sort of like the potential talent they've got. That can set them up for the next 15-20 years, which is the scary thing.
1: Am I right in saying that Shota Amino is Rechu's Uno's son? Yes, he is. See, I know what I'm talking
0: about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you yes, you do. Um, yeah, so the... <laughs> that was fucking condescending, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it to be, okay, honestly. Hell. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the match kicks off. Uh, Yo and Umino uh, kick off the match as the crowd chance shooter. And this is just in reference to how he was um, John Moxley's basically driver for Moxley's uh, run in the G1 tournament. So they had a match, they had a very short match at Dominion. And then uh, Moxley just Moxley just basically took him under the swing and sort of like, I like this kid. It's like, um, <laughs> I like this kid. I'm gonna take him under my wing, and it, it, it's a really funny thing. just sort of like he's sort of like helped him backstage, and they've gone into sort of like the interview area, and sort of like Moxie's there going to cut his his promo, and he like, hangs a me hands Amino the uh, US title, and um, Amino just sort of like flops to the ground, and Moxie's that Moxie's there just sort of like I like this kid, you know, I reckon he can drive me around. He's like, and he looks down, and he's like, can you drive? gets no response so he just goes "He can drive <laughs> and yeah uh he just called it you just referred to him as shooter um so yeah that's in reference to what the the crowd are chanting uh so uh Rapongi 3k work over shooter uh as the audio levels continue to go up and down and up and down uh, which is you know a bugbearer on this show mm. Um, Toguchi tags in, uh, utilizes his funky weapon, aka just uh, continues <laughs> yeah. with uh, flying hip attacks. Awesome. Um, there's a lovely overhead belly-to-belly throw by Ren Narita on show. Uh, there's a l- lovely roll away from the ropes into a clover leaf also from Ren Narita. Um, there's a stiff exchange between um, between the two. And then a deadlift German suplex from Show leads to a kick out. And then Show immediately hits the lung blower and picks up the win for Rapungi 3K in eight minutes 19. I thought this was a uh, this is a pretty fun way of opening up the show. It was a very fun way of opening, a very good opening out. I, I must I
1: must say you've got um you got you recognize people in there that you you know who are pretty big and they're gonna kick it off right and you've got your, your young lads in. Who you, you, you're bringing through it, yeah. It, it, it was right, it fitted really, really well. It fitted really, really well,
0: mm. indeed. Uh, so we'll move on to match number two. It's the Golden Star and the winner of the G129 tournament, Kota Ribushi, and his tag team partner, Juice Robinson. And they're taking on the Bullet Club duo of Yujiro Takahashi and Hikaleo. Um, I've got to be honest. When, to add, like, I'm used to Yujiro Takahashi. He's, his gimmick is the pimp of the Bullet Club. Like, he comes out, he's got his leather jacket on. Who's um, that lady comes out with? Peter. It's, it's Pete. like, her name's Peter. It's, like, Peter. Spent, it's spelt P I She's got an Instagram. She well, search, okay. search that. search that shit. I'm now.
1: married, I can't search that shit. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> I, just say hey, it's fun for both of us. That, no, no, that's not how marriages work, mate. <laughs> that's not how that works. No, no. you should just not doing it right then. <laughs> <laughs> There's many things I do not right. <laughs> um, can I just say, can I, just say this, I, I knew this match would be a bit iffy when Juice Robinson came down the ramp and gave the single worst high five to a fan I've ever seen in my entire freaking life. <laughs> he glances the fingertips.
0: Oh, i will worse.
1: I've seen worse attempts at a high five, but acts like he's connected properly and he's really hyped up. It <laughs> was. To, I was just really? like, "Why don't we, you could go back and do a proper one that'd style it out a bit better?" But yeah, I knew that. I knew this 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 match was doomed, doomed from that <laughs> doomed. moment on. It was doomed.
0: Um, yeah, it's, I'm used to you Takahashi the the bullet club pimp, like he comes out in his like fedora comes out with his leather jacket on. He's obviously got the bullet club bunny with his with him in his arms, and he literally comes out here in a white t-shirt, just sort of like you know, no drama whatsoever. It's just sort of like he looks so bush league. And I felt sort sort of sorry for Hikaleo, who's the um, the younger brother of uh, the Grills of Destiny, because like, well, before obviously the whole the whole outbreak, he was. Um, He's like another young lion and uh, he was in excursion at Rev Pro in the UK and a world sort of like giving him his dues. He was, you could tell he was um, related to the Grills of Destiny because he just had the sort of like the, the swagger, you know, the sort of like the, the creative, well, not creative, yeah. the, the charismatic swagger that the yeah. Grills of Destiny have. He had that. But sort of like, bar that, the heel team were just sort of... They were not over at all.
1: No, um, it didn't go well.
0: did not go down well. No, it didn't. Um, we didn't have a chance to talk um, about Juice Robinson properly at the G1 oh. Supercard because, let's be honest, the match he was involved in was incredibly forgettable. But, <laughs> I t- you know, you look at Juice Robinson and it's you literally have... There is evidence of, like... WWE is not the be-all of end-all when it comes to making it in professional wrestling. Because Juice Robinson, he had a very forgettable forgettable hippie gimmick. You know, CJ Parker in NXT. You know, he was released, um, I think, around sort of like early stages of 2015. Because I know sort of like his last high-profile thing that he did was um, put Kevin Owens over in his NXT debut. Um, and I think he sort of like it was, he took like a year out, and then sort of came back, find found a gimmick, sort of got over quite well in New Japan. He's like a, he's, you know, he's held the United States title there a couple of times, and you know he is, he is over to an extent in, uh, it's in, in in that promotion. And it's just it's it's nice to see that. You know, not everybody who gets who either leaves WWE or gets released by WWE doesn't flounder. They can actually flourish if they yeah. get sort of like the right opportunity and the right mentality.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- th- this man has really found a niche. He's really found himself in New Japan, and, and, I, and I love it. I think it's really, really good to see. He's not taken the... Uh, the hit the hit of being released by wwe gone on wins gone on the independence and lost it and not to be heard of again he's taking it as a right i'm gonna fucking show you lot what i'm fucking made of and i can be a wrestler and he's not he's not necessarily doing it for that he's doing it for himself as well and he's turned out to be a um a, a two-time iwgp united states champion mm-hmm. and uh has won the iwgp tag team championship with david Finlay yeah yeah Uh, Uh, he's gone on to do the which are pretty big things let's be honest they're pretty mm -hmm. big things in that uh they don't just hand titles out over there it's not they just don't just hand titles over for the sake of a storyline they don't just give people titles you've got to have something about you to get a title in new japan mm. and he's got it Yes. Not not just once either. So it's not a bloody fluke. It's not like he's got had it once because because he's a former WWE guy and left. He's got it once and twice, three, ti- three titles for essentially going back, reevaluating, coming up with something new, going with it. It's worked out. And every credit to the man. Every credit to him. Yeah. Shining example. Shining example. Really.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, So, yeah, uh, Juice's tag partner, uh, Kota Ibushi, has been quite a busy boy uh, since we last saw him. Um, Obviously, he was involved in said match with Tetsuya Naito at the Dominion show, where he very nearly killed himself. Um, And then he won the G1 tournament. Um, Yeah, just uh, beat Kazuchika Okada on the last of the block days. And then um, defeated Switchblade Jay White in the finals. And, uh, yeah, just basically the winner of the G1 tournament um, is the number one contender for the world title at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, and it sort of it acts in... It, it it acts in sort of like a way of someone... If somebody, like, won the Royal Rumble in WWE, you might have sort of, like, on the pay-per-view in between... Um, <clears throat> in between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, of just sort of like defending that opportunity, and he does so. Um, and what's what I quite like as well is that he defends he defends the opportunity twice, and he defends the he defends the opportunity against the two people that beat him in the G1 tournament. So um, he successfully defended them against um, Kenner on 16th, September 16th, and then um successfully defended it against evil on October the fourteenth. So it's a nice nice sort of um what's the bloody word I'm trying to freaking find oh, here. Oh, that's it. Yeah, so it's it's nice continuity. You know, yeah. sort of like you know, if you get beaten by Anybody in the G1 tournament, but if you end up going on to win that opportunity, you defend it against the guys who have actually beat you in said tournament.
1: Because Koto he's called the Golden Star for a reason. Yes, because he, 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 <laughs> this bloke is in amazing shape for oh, 30, for 38 years old.
0: The yes. man
1: looks inc- looks 21. I mean, it's like, incredible.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. The, well, I mean, sort of like in in the next match. The next match has Taiji Ishimori, and he is fucking ripped to shreds. Yeah. And either well, well like Kota could probably sort of like um, could could probably hang with him in terms of you know, well conditioned, well conditioned, like um, physically, physically, you know stunning looking this yes, is this, yes, this yes. sounds this sounds really dodgy he really does well, i am here. the owner of boys <laughs> <laughs> it's rubbing off on me bring me up another boy um i didn't really have that much to say about this match because it was the, the only thing i had to note about this match was bar the finish was that the faces were over but the heels really weren't And it sort of like reflected in it because the match itself was a little bit flat.
1: Yeah, Hikaleo was really trying to antagonize the crowd a bit, like he was trying to piss people off. But it just wasn't. It's like I can see because I like Hikaleo, By the way, I like the look of him. I think there's there's something about him that can that works for me. He's incredibly tall as
0: well, six foot six foot
1: nine. Yeah, there's just something there. That, that just works, mm. I think, for me. I think if they take him and run with him, he's going to be a bit of a star. This time. He's from the Team 3D dojo or Team 3D wrestling camp. Mm. Um, but, yeah, this boy, uh, there's a few things. He does a, a few good chops and everything like that. And he actually tries to get heat. He doesn't just waltz around <laughs> yeah hope hoping that it just naturally <laughs> happens please
0: boo me please
1: <laughs> yeah it's not like yeah he just he, he at least tried to piss people off yeah i mean obviously you know some it's not as easy to piss people off so hickley come to me for advice <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh yeah so the finish of this match um Shinsuke Nakamura like Bomayee and Kamagoye from Ibushi on Hikaleo uh, earns a victory for the face team in eight minutes forty six. Uh, as I say, match wasn't match wasn't heated at all, but it was relatively fine. Would you
1: say it's more of an exhibition match? It was more of a look, because Ibushi sort of. Oh thing. yeah, yeah. I think definitely. it's more like that. Um, kind of a, a note at the end of this match, I found really good. Juice Robinson gets a towel from a fan, I believe. Yes. And, and rubs it all over ibushi
0: yes including his backside then throws it back to the fan yeah i mean i can't really talk i can't really say anything for sort of like the backside but it is sort of it's a tradition as such in um japan because like I, I i distinctly remember sort of like there's there'll be japanese fans who like maybe massive fans of hiroshi tanahashi and sort of like when he's going to the back, they'll sort of like have their towels and they'll just be sort of like, Tanahashi-san, please wipe yourself with towel. And still, it'll literally sort of like, it's literally just a case of like, oh, I have the sweat of my favorite wrestler. It's it's weird, but it's like one of those things of, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever gets the job done for you, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was weird, but you know, I can understand to an extent, why they did it, because it's part of the Japanese culture, or part of the New Japan culture, I should say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was just a bit, it took me by surprise, one of he's got this towel and he's just patting him down, and wiping yeah. him with it, and then he's throwing it back. I just thought, ah, <laughs> that's
0: weird. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's entirely different culture over there, mate. Entirely different. Um, so we'll move on to match number three it's the Birds of Prey from Chaos, Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles and they are taking on the Bullet Club team of the IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions Taiji Ishimori and El Phantasmo so there's a, well there's not really that much of a backstory, but Robbie Eagles was an affiliate of Bullet Club and then um, he wasn't he was just basically kicked out by both Ishimori and Phantasma after one too many losses. Will Osprey came in, made the save, and just basically recruited him to uh the Chaos Group. Um so that's relatively well, I mean it's a relatively simple simple story. Um this was very Yeah, it's a... yeah. One thing that I had to, I had a I had a gripe about this match and I'm wondering if you feel the same way in terms of sort of like he, cruiserweight heels doing as as many sort of like springboardy, high flying stuff as the baby faces do. It sort of takes it away from, from me. Like, I mean, if I'm thinking of sort of like cruiserweights who work as heels, I will instantly think of sort of like Eddie Guerrero in WCW. Because there's sort of like a time when he first came into WCWA, where he was sort of like this white meat baby face, and then sort of like he went on sort of like a losing streak and just sort of like developed this really stinking attitude, and then from that that stinky attitude, sort of like came into this sort of viciousness. Mm. I mean, sort of like El Phantasmo, like um, particularly, because like, you know, sort of like doing these like springboard moonsaults or like springboard crossbodies, it's it sort of it, it it takes it away from me like it, i don't know maybe maybe i'm thinking sort of like in Bunkle's sort of <laughs> sort of mindset yeah but... fuck you Bunkle. but on a serious note <laughs>
1: on a serious note I, I understand actually where you're coming from thinking about it now but on the other hand well let's let's go back let's go back let's go back uh pack now doesn't do as many springboards now. Thinking about it now, doesn't do that many springboards in AEW. Hmm. So is the heel. Yes. Now, your, your job as a heel is to, yes, get heat with the fans, piss people off, be an absolute dick. But I'm going to say this your job as a heel is also to win at any cost. The, does that win at any cost? Count doing your springboard moves. It's a double-edged sword, I think. Mm. I think it's a very double-edged sword because I think if they do do it, they risk turning the crowd. I'm going to say turning the crowd against what they want. Yes. They risk that, but at the same time, they want to give the I'm going to say the illusion they want to win the match. Mm-hmm. if you know what I mean yeah. they still want to do it's like Rick, Rick, Rick Flair Nass is playing the game does everything he can to win that was his gimmick that was his thing I still think as a heel you've got to win at all costs but does should that include your fancy moves that people cheer for
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's a double-edged sword yeah I
0: think it really if, is
1: if you do it the right way like I think Pac does yes and watching him now forming the Death Triangle with uh, Pentagon Junior and uh, Ray Phoenix, watching them do it, they do it in a heelish way. Yes, which sounds really stupid. Mm-hmm. I can I can imagine people listening to him going, what the fuck are you talking about, not that. But uh, go out and watch them. They do things in a heelish way, and not in a doesn't it doesn't make the crowd it makes the crowd go oh no oh my god they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna fucking leap on him not whoa he's gonna leap on him if that makes any sense it yeah. takes away the grandeur of the move and i think with especially with phantasmo because i think he is a good heel but he's a very good wrestler mm-hmm. it says for same for uh um taji ishimori they're very good heels, but they're very good wrestlers. And I think it cancels the other out sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think it does cancel the other out.
0: I mean, there's good there's good heel spots from the heel team in this match. Like, um, there's one that comes to mind uh, where I think it's Robbie Eagles is tied up in the Tree of Woe, and Ishimori and Phantasma are in the opposite corner, and they both run at eagles in the corner as if they're going to do sort of like a double drop kick and so and when they get sort of like close to eagles they sort of like they climb the ropes and both like do the i think it's the old and christian spot where they sort of like do the is, double, yeah. double foot and place it like right into the groin and just sort I of like it pose
1: the club with the foot on bollocks yeah
0: yeah that's the equivalent of it the fob so, <laughs>
1: yeah
0: <laughs> motherfucking fob <laughs> so there was the, the, you know there was sort of um there was good heel bits here and there like I like the way that they were sort of like utilizing the the back rake because there's, there's oh. you know the back rake is sort of like a very old school way of getting heat so you know there the was good bits here and there but I just felt like during the to, to to steal a stupid sexy flinders reference when they were doing sort of like sort of these this flip to do rigmarole it took it out a little bit for me but as you I, I, I literally i think as you say it is a double-edged sword you're, you're damned yeah. if you do and damned if you don't
1: yeah and uh, especially with um i'm going to say when osprey and Fantasma were in the ring the chemistry between them two mm. i mean only for the short time they were in the ring together you can you can sort of feel give these guys a 20 minute match that's what i want to say
0: it's oh, possibly it, a thirty-minute match. It's Fuck so it. quick and so smooth. Well, they 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 Didn't do they face each have... other. Be...
1: Yeah, in the J. Oh, what was it?
0: There then? was there was one at the Super J Cup, but then they did have a match that for the one, yeah. um. They did have a match in uh for the IWGP Junior Championship, and I think it was King of Pro Wrestling, but I'm just having a look at it now.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they have faced each be other before. But the
0: yeah. chemistry between them two is amazing. Yeah, it's king of pro wrestling. Yeah. The, uh that was the, what it's. That's that's one of the matches that I can remember them having. Um, but it, it's yeah, yeah. They they are incredibly. They're incredibly quick. They're incredibly smooth, and they hit all their spots whenever they're in the ring together.
1: But you know, I think the, these are two guys. I think now, for, for, forget. Ishimori and Eagles for one minute. Fantasma and Osprey and I, I've I've said my thoughts on Osprey before. I look at Osprey and I think you are destined to be on a weekly TV show at an American promotion mm-hmm. one day. I do feel, however. <clears> oh, <throat> uh, because I, I, I was as I was watching this, I was trying to find how I f- do feel about Osprey. He is so 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 good. And how many times have we seen wrestlers go to major promotions from New Japan that have been great and they've just been shrunk down to mid-card and forgotten about? How many times have we seen that Anthony? Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I, I I look at Osprey and I just feel He's turned down WWE, so I'm gonna say he doesn't want to go there because he's seen what happens to his old pal Ricochet. Because boy, who did he piss off? <laughs> <laughs> boy, who did he piss off? Seriously, watch what happened after Crown. Was it Crown Jewel or whatever the fucking hell that show they have all there? Mm-hmm. And so I feel Osprey's got at some point go to AEW because that's let's be honest. That's it's the only other option outside New Japan. If he's going to leave New Japan, he's going to go to AEW. but hmm. I, I, I well, just
0: I just want it to you, see him on a if he wants. Yeah, that's if he wants to go down that route. But I could see him doing the equivalent of what Okada did, Okada's done, Tanahashi's done. I could honestly see him making a career for himself in Japan.
1: And every and every credit for him for, for doing so. Mm-hmm. I just want to see him. I I think he can up his game another level. I think he can be... We we always talk about the guy in the promotion, the guy at the minute who's the the, the guy in WWE. It's fucking Drew McIntyre, in my opinion. He Mm -hmm. is the guy. He's charismatic. He's a great wrestler. He does everything well. I think Will Ospreay can be at that level... And more. I think he can go above what Drew McIntyre is doing. I honestly believe he can go above Roman Reigns in terms of no, notoriety. Because I'm not being funny. If you've got a major wrestling promotion that does tours in the US, tours in Japan, tours in the UK, you've got and you've got to choose a figurehead. Will Osprey can be that figurehead. He can be that figurehead, and I want to see him be that figurehead. If he wants to take New Japan to that level, go for it. Uh, beg for them tours in the uk beg for them tours in uh, uh, america just just go all out with it because Mm. he can be that figurehead it's sort of like what kenny omega was yeah that again because he could speak both japanese and english quite relatively fluently he was that bridge that's why he's so popular in america and i think he got more fans watching new japan than aj styles did in all honesty, I genuinely think that mm-hmm. he, he bridged that gap. And he also probably got more Japan Japanese um, wrestling fans watching Ring of Honor, NWA. That's the power that these wrestlers can have. I believe Will Ospreay can be that, that guy. Not yes. floundering around in some tag team battle in the middle of the card. Yeah. He, he's, he's up there. He can, he can jump as high as he wants to I honestly believe that and I want him to I want him to be that the IWGP heavyweight champion I believe he will do that mm. he needs to be that figurehead where the big companies like WWE and AEW look at and go oh shit we need to do something we need to up our fucking game because this lad is cruising around our fucking territories being the most popular he's the most popular person in wrestling. We can't have that. We need to have the most popular person in our company be the most popular wrestler in the world, not yeah. this this bloke from some other. He needs to be that, and I
0: think he can be that. I hope he will. I hope he will. Well, I I I, I don't see any reason why he can't be. And the, the the thing is, like, I mean, I've I've said it for like nearly a year that. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of mean to say sort of like he's wasted in the junior division but, you know... He is there wasted is, in the junior division. Right, he, he is wasted in the junior division and, you know, when you think of sort of like the fact that he, he has the potential to be sort of like the next big main eventer, he's only really sort of like scratched the surface in terms of doing stuff in the heavyweight division. Like he's... I mean, he's like at this moment in time, he's He's been never open weight champion, but he hasn't challenged for sort of like the um, like the intercontinental title. He hasn't like challenged for the world the world championship. Like you know, he, he's literally only just started scratching the surface, and I wouldn't be surprised if like maybe in the next year, in like another year, maybe two, we see the real sort of like breakout of Will Osprey as being sort of like the next the next big, big main event, big main eventer. So.
1: He he should be that. He should be. I think, well, that's, 2020 is a write-off as far as any progression in any sport, never mind wrestling, mm-hmm. is a write-off in everything, apart from Liverpool fans. <laughs> yes. But I want to see in <laughs> 2021, in 2022, I want to see him go for the Intercontinental or the heavyweight title. Yep. At the very least. If he's still floundering around in that junior division doing, I don't want to say crappy little tag matches, but mid card tag matches, what is he doing there? What is he doing? That's that's my worry.
0: My worry is he's going to stick to it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a worry of him being stuck in the junior division. I think the. I think if there's going to be any worry, it'll be the case of like he might be, sort of never open weight division. Or on the cost of challenging for the Intercontinental title, which, you know, no disrespect to the never open weight, the never open weight title, but you know it's it's a certain level of importance. Like it's it's sort of middle of the park, whereas your IC and your your world titles are sort of like on a different bracket, mm. on a different bracket. Um, so yeah, this this match was incredibly fast paced um, as I say, the, the, the exchanges between Osprey and Phantasma were really goddamn slick and quick. And they just nailed it every single time. Um, and the finish of this match came when the faces hit Ishimori with a double Spanish fly. And uh, they picked up the win in 10 minutes 36. And then straight after the match, Osprey on the really, really shitty microphone... Uh, I just about I was just about to make out that um they challenged uh, Ishimori and Phantasma for the junior tag belts um which I, I believe it was a match that happened and Ishimori and phantasma definitely did retain because I seem to remember that happening um but yeah as I say the the match was was very fast paced and you know it it, it, it was good. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd definitely
1: say that it was good. There's a, there, there is a bit that I noticed, and I don't think if I was reading too much into it, uh, but uh, Robbie Eagles is doing yes kicks on El Fantasmo and I think you see the second or the third one, where he catches Fantasma in the chin slash jaw, hmm. and Phantasmo sort of turns to look at him, sort of gives him a look, as if to say, what the freaking hell was that? You know what I mean? He's like kick it, and then he turns. As soon as he kicks him in the jaw, he turns to stare at him in the face, as if to say, "What the hell was that about, pal?" Yeah. And Just the, the 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 assault from Phantasma on the after sort of seemed like a like a receipt in mm. in a, if I was going to use wrestling terms. Um, what was it? the the sliding German from Ishimori? Mm. What a move that is! Yeah, what a move that is! Why? Why does it? Uh, do that more often please because that's an it's an amazing move it's very it's it's, it's their quick style and they yeah. have picked you've got something that's normally a uh, oh, I don't know how to say this like a, a proper uh, uh, heavyweight sort of move and turned it into a cruiserweight move yeah it's very very good on the on their point and I also saw the most violent tagging by Robbie Eagles. Sort of just vi- the most violent tag on Will Osprey. Poor Will Ospreay. I thought I'd say that in a million years. <laughs> but same, we've seen the worst high five to a fan ever, and now we've seen the most violent tagging. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, he's, <laughs> your, he's your pal, lad. Just be gentle with him. That's gentle slap on the hand.
0: He was very enthusiastic, what can you say?
1: It was just so unnecessarily violent. <laughs> <laughs> it just took me by. I mean, I love a good hot tag, and I know a hot tag's meant to be a bit more forceful, but this was just like, okay, what's he? Has he fucking said something, pal?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, potentially, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes.
1: Absolutely not, but war between us to start any rumours. So mm. now we're going to start a rumour. <laughs> <laughs> Successful. Almost as good um, as El Hitler in the last episode. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, moving on. There is an explanation uh, to El Hitler. I didn't just make up a wrestler <laughs> called El Hitler. I didn't make up a wrestler called El Hitler. I didn't. There's a reason behind it. Go and listen to the last one, please. <laughs> go,
0: go, back and listen, listen to the Crockett Cop episode, and the, this reference will, will have some weight behind it. Um. <laughs> anyway, we'll um we'll move on to match number four. It's uh, the Los bernablos team of Sonada and the Intercontinental Champion Tetsuya Naito, and they are taking on the Bullet Club duo of Chase Owens and Switchblade Jay White. Um, I'd, I'd, I have to say I quite liked um, Naito's fist bumping as he was coming out. Um, just sort of like he for he does sort of like a couple of fist bumps with um, a couple of adult fans, and he'll sort of stand right in the middle of the aisle and sort of put his um, arm out just a little bit, but not too much. So like these adult fans are just literally having to reach right over to yeah. try and get a fist bump with Naito, and then literally he's as he gets to sort of like the end of the um, end of the entrance way, there's like a kid in a um, Lij t-shirt yeah. that sort of offers the fist, and Naito just goes over and just sort of like no effort whatsoever. Well, F <laughs> no F- so whatsoever.
1: casual, yeah. so cool, so casual, cool, cool. He's fucking cool, man. Say.
0: It. The man is fucking cool. Yes. So cool and just so, so smooth at the same time. Um, I think there's like a, um, there was a video that popped up when New Japan did the America tour, which included the um, last US appearance of referee Tiger Hattori. And um, I can't remember, it it was either the first or the second show, Um, but there's sort of like a, a tiny little kid, like, not even, probably not even four or five years old. He's literally sort of like stood at the barricade, just sort of like, was fist, fist out in sort of like this, the normal LIJ pose. And that's who literally just sort of like does what football players have been doing um, <laughs> recently. He's like literally took a knee, did the whole sort of like, you know. <laughs> Double fist on sort of like the chest, and then like did the fist bump with this kid. It's all sort of like, ah, it's what you know, it's what I like to see in, uh, in pro wrestlers. Pro wrestlers taking the, taking the time to like fully give, particularly young fans, like the interactions that will give them memories for years to come.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we know how I feel about Tetsuya Unito. Mm. I, I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I think the, one of my favorite, if that's not. My favourite wrestler at the minute is mm. Tetsuya Naito. The man's so charismatic. He does everything inside the ring. He's just so it's entertaining. It's mesmerising. It's fantastic to watch. Love it. You've got to watch Tetsuya Naito. If you want to know what New Japan's all about, just even watch. You've got to watch one or two guys. I think Okada, Naito. Yeah, watch them too. You know what's going to happen. Um. This match, I'm going to say this. Um, As we know, (laughs) um, I watch all these uh, free shows with my wife.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And she's becoming a bit more um, aware of these wrestlers. And when Tetsuya Naito was coming, making his entrance, um, my good lady wife said, is that that psycho, that one that breaks necks and stuff? By meaning is that the one who fought Gosh, wait, in the G1 super <laughs> That's I I can translate, yes mm-hmm. as soon as you're married you can translate women, it's very, very easy. <laughs> but yeah, that's liar. <laughs> of course I'm a fucking liar. <laughs> of course I'm a fucking don't believe anything I say, kids. Um the um I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this about this match. The NATO and White really go at it between each other. It's really, oh, it's, really yeah. too, yeah. it's, well, the, it's really about them two, this. Yeah. It's
0: really about them two. There was there was two stories with this match. Um the first one being that you know, Kevin Kelly puts over on commentary is just sort of like, um Sonada has like an issue with Chase Owens, because Chase Owens like literally every time he's in the ring with Sonada will attempt to do the paradise lock on, yeah. on himself <laughs> and will just fuck it up like royally. Like, there's a, very early on, like, Chase Owens attempts to do the paradise lock, doesn't put it in, like, properly. And he's got sort of, like, Sonada turned over in the, you know, the particular pose that, um, you know, everybody that is putting the um, paradise lock ends up being just sort of, like, completely trapped. And, um, you know, he's got his foot on, sort of, like, Sonata. He's there just going, we've finally got the paradise lock on him. <laughs> and he goes to walk away, and Sonata just stands up.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that that, that paradise lock is, is is cool again it's one of the things that's just cool um uh, yeah. chase owens i don't know what to make of that guy man i don't
0: know what to make of him he's I'm a piece he's a decent yeah. hand it, it's a, as i say the sort of like i've seen bits and bobs from him and sort of like from what i've seen he's I think he can actually be sort of like a really good worker he can actually be a really good wrestler. Mm. But the problem is it's just sort of like you will all, I will always see him as just sort of like being an undercard guy because yeah. it is, it, it's got sort of like a weird, a weird body to it. It's just sort of like, I don't really know how to describe it. It's sort of like maybe sort of like the, the beginning of when Chris Harrow started to get a little, get a little bit of a go. Yeah. but like didn't get to full like chris hero gut as he did as he did hero gut yeah hero gut um but yeah as i say he's it's always been like a really decent worker whenever i've seen him but you know it's it, it, it'll never it's in my eyes i mean he'll, he'll never really progress any further than just sort of like being an undercar guy but as i say he is a decent hand yeah um, in so, this I mean,
1: situation it's... I think he, he 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 does more. He's a good tactic partner to to um
0: elevate
1: to to further a a singles feud maybe. But I think he's what he is. He's what it is with yeah. really. yeah. him. So
0: that is a uh, that is one story of this match. Uh, the other story is Jay White and Naito just competing to try and um find out who is the biggest shit house. Of, of the other, um, because like the camera doesn't get it, but there's like this bit where um, Naito and Sonada get rushed. Naito's knocked to the outside, and Jay White sort of like off camera just sort yeah. of like spits at Naito because you can yeah. hear the crowd like crowd react like really strong to it,
1: yeah. And I think Naito got his own back on that one as well. <laughs> I think he was charging towards corner. Uh, Jay White goes to put the, the uh, the feet up, Naito of catching and just gauzed in his face. Yeah, because just that, in the... is Nito. <laughs> that is is That is Naito, but again, it's Naito. Yeah. and he can get away. He can get away with spitting in another another's face as a face. He mm-hmm. can get away with that, and that's the charisma of the man. He yeah. can get away with it. Can I just say that the sonatas is it now is it a dragon sleeper?
0: Yeah, the yeah. Uh, skull end.
1: Yeah. I, I love that as a, as a, as a submission move. Does Drew Gulak like, do something similar as well? Mm-hmm. Or is it think it's, it's that same thing? Yeah. I yeah, think it, it's it's a very powerful slash very simple submission. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I like that as the finish. I think everyone was expecting, you know, Naito to go to Chase chase Owens with the Destino and win it that way. But it was very nice to see Snider pick up the win, especially by submission and... and by this dragon sleeper, which I think
0: doesn't get used that often. It's a very, no. very
1: good finishing move.
0: Well, it plays into sort of like um where Sonada has been in these hypothetical past few months, because few months, few weeks, um, because uh bar could like it's, if I realise we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but in terms of Kazuchko Carter's run in the G one tournament. He only lost to two people as well. He lost to uh, Kota Ibushi, and the other guy he lost to was Sonada. Who, um, it's it, it's a really darn good match there, Okada Sonada at the G1 because it's um, it goes incredibly close to being a, like a time limit draw, and Sonada just about wins with about like twenty seconds to go. But they do it in a way of sort of like building tension within sort of like the last two minutes, like teasing that it's going to be sort of like a, a draw. Mm. But So when Sonada eventually sort of like gets that win, it just feels that much more important. Um, <clears throat> and as I say, he'd, he'll build on his momentum a little bit more. And being that he defeated Okada, Okada's the uh, heavyweight champion. Sonada is basically next in line to uh, wrestle for the world title. It's just basically sort of like the last opportunity that anyone will get to um, win the world title before Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. So yeah, uh, as I say, uh, the, the match itself was was fine. It was mm. very, it was very how showy. It was
1: a very how showy kind of match. Yes, yes, but, I have yeah. to agree with him that
0: one. It, it it didn't really have sort of like your you know it, it didn't really feel all that important even though it's sort of like the win was a significant one um as it, it went just under 13 minutes as well so it was probably sort of like the first like long longer match of the night um so the post match uh Jay White beats down on sonada and Naito, then ghetto hands him a chair uh Jay White uh, Destroys Sonada with it. He goes to do the same to Naito. Naito counters, uh, hits him with the Destino, and just basically sends the heels packing. Um, <clears throat> this would, um, yeah, it would. <sighs> come on, brain! Come on, brain. <laughs> come on, brain! Uh, yeah, this would roll right into uh, the destruction in Kobe. Or the Destruction Tour. Uh, so, where on uh, September 22nd, Jay White would defeat Tetsuya Naito for the Intercontinental Championship, and it's a title that you will hold going into Wrestle Kingdom 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, so we'll move on to the fifth match on the card, which is for the IWGP World Tag Team t- titles. The champions, the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga, and Tanga Loa, defending against the winners. Of the Revolution Pro Road to Royal Quest Tournament, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis of Aussie Open. Um, <clears throat> I have sort of conflicting feelings about Aussie Open. Um, Go on. I mean, it's they're a, they are a very good tag team. I'm not saying they're a bad tag team. They're a very good tag team. But I don't get sort of like the... I mean, if you... If you probably talk to sort of like Rev Pro fans, they'll probably tell you that they're one of the best tag teams in the world at the moment. Whereas I just see like a very decent tag team who are only really substantially over because they're Australian. And, you know, it'll give any, well, it'll give any UK fan base a chance to just go Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And that's it. (laughs) And, and as like
1: English a, people, as, a, as, a, as, a, as someone who's played, well, who had played cricket for 18, 19 years of his life, hmm. even at 28 years of age, we're meant to hate Australians. Yeah. Ashes and all that, that's, that's the rivalry. That's the rivalry. Whether you like cricket or not, it's sort of a rivalry. Um, but regardless of all that, Aussie Open... Mm. You've got one high flyer, one powerhouse. You've got something that's over. Yep. the recipes there. Mm-hmm. You've just got to make you got to put it on a plate, decorate it nice with a bit of flowers here and there. It's <sighs> there's something about them that just isn't gelling enough for them to win a big one. Yeah. if you know what I mean. There's there, there's enough about them. To be popular with fans There's enough about them To be popular with promotions uh, And maybe even known Worldwide wanna, But there's not enough from I feel For them to hold uh, t- For them to be important enough to hold a title mm. I don't, the, the belts don't look right on them No You know what I mean The belts just don't look right on them At the minute mm-hmm. I think they're too babyface the two way too babyface,
0: yeah, yeah, potentially the way too babyface. Um, but it's, I mean, to, for to this crowd, I mean, like even before the match like properly kicks off, there's dueling chance of God and Aussie Open, which is, you know, it. Well, I mean, I find it quite surprising, but you know, did, this, the couple of times that I've seen them have been from sort of like a northwest crowd, so they probably won't have been as. Significantly over as maybe they would be down south, but you know, I just found it it was quite interesting, uh, to see. And to be honest with you, they had, um, that's they had, they're they had quite a couple of like good tag team maneuvers. Like, there's a bit sort of like in the middle of the match where uh, Mark Davis does sort of like a double underhook, lifts I think it's Tangaloa up. Um, and then sort of like Cal Fletcher's right in front. And so they sort of like position him in, in a way that Carl Fletcher is able to do sort of like a sit-out sit spine buster. But that was really cool. Mm. Um, Don't they do
1: it? I think they do a lovely like, sort of a fireman's carry into a cutter at some point from what I remember. Yeah. Yeah, they do that, which is actually quite nice. I did quite mm. like that. Um, but the, the, then again, it goes back to that. that the perfect combination of... Strong man and high flyer yeah everything is there for them to be a success
2: mm-hmm.
1: i think they still they need to go away i think they need to stop being so babyface ish
2: yeah
1: i really think they need to stop doing that because they re they
0: go to the crowd too much yeah there's, a, there's only Way so much, much that you can there's only so much you can do with that kind of yeah. style before it well wears out wears out its welcome
1: yeah I don't only see it where, where away from don't get me wrong I want to see him succeed because I think mm. that they've, they've they've got everything there to be a very good tag team a very popular tag, a very successful tag team and actually hold titles I just think they need to reel it back think we don't need to pander to the crowd. Make the crowd pander to us, yeah. So to speak, make them co- make the crowd come to us instead of us constantly going to them. Because it might work now, it's not going to work another two, year, three years from now. Because the crowd's just going to get sick of it; they're not going to respond. Yeah, and that's that. They've got to find a way to get the crowd onto them, mm-hmm. and not vice versa.
0: Uh, I also had in my notes that Carl Fletcher looks like the spitting image of Matt Riddle. <laughs> like, it, it, it's it's scary. That, like not like, not like a hundred percent looks like Matt Riddle, but it is like an uncanny resemblance.
1: Does he have a mushroom tattooed on
0: him? No, not that I'm aware of.
1: Bro. And he
0: wasn't he wasn't going bro all the time. I will give him that much. It's,
1: it's, it's that.
0: <laughs> you know when people say that it's like problems with
1: drugs in sport. Like there was years, years, let's go back a few years. There's a thing with um, Diego Maradona was wondering about whether he was on cocaine or not. And you'd that celebration in front of the camera like a fucking donkey with ewes. Uh Like that. Like
0: to... it's, or... it's
1: kind of that. like people look at Mad Riddle and go, is there a problem with sports? <laughs> 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 and he comes out going, bro yeah it's like sort of like um fucking, the, he's got a fucking magic mushroom tattooed on him for fuck's sake <laughs> come on who's taking drugs uh that <laughs> him that's a funny smell we're having in our
0: room. yeah him him did you catch the name of um that's the the, the the tag team finisher of uh, Aussie Open. They don't actually hit it, but they do tease it at some point in the match. No, I didn't get the name. They call it the fidget spinner.
1: Oh, yes, of course, yeah. I mean... Why? Again, I think that's another... It's another crowd-pleasing thing, isn't it? It's another crowd-pleasing thing.
0: <laughs> Who does it please? I mean, this is, this is it like... It please when... that
1: fucking 14-year-old who's got no fucking life in the fucking this is, front row. This is like
0: this spinning is, that thing constantly. This is like when Bandido and Flip Gordon at the Crockett Corp did the flossing in the middle of the ring. It just sort of like, it's instant go away heat with me.
1: The thing is, right, you can sort of get away with naming your finisher after, um, naming your finisher like that, because not everyone's going to know it, and it's not going to be a, a well-known thing. However, when you do a dance that's from a second game... <laughs> Or oh, what was it? No, it wasn't from a game. It was from a stupid Katy Perry concert. Even fucking worse. <laughs> Even fucking a Katy Perry. Concert? That's where he's come from. <laughs> and you do that in the middle of an NWA ring. <laughs> I, I honestly, I can't believe what's fucking watching. And then That's these a... two Aussie blokes come up with a fucking fidget spinner. Grow <laughs> up. Grow up. Grow up, lads. Grow up. No, I want to play with my fidget spinner. Oh, fuck off. Fuck Um, it. Don't call the fidget spinner. Call the Aussie go Around or something like that. (laughs) See? See see Immediately a better name. Why? why, See, I'm wasting my life teaching. (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) To my employees, I'm not. I'm not. I'm fully enjoying my work.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, the the fidget spinner is just sort of like a um, double pump handle. From like both guys but I, I quite like the reversal that uh tamatonga does because sort of like as they sort of like as they flipped out uh Tangelo is sort of like well no actually tangalo doesn't come in until a little bit later uh like as Tang, as tamatonga is sort of like flipped out he hits them immediately with a gun stun I thought that was really cool mm. um <clears throat> and then the gorillas of destiny hit their uh suplex into a second rope powerbomb Uh, to win the match and retain the belts in 12 minutes 56 um i described this as i would if i was watching the usos versus the new day in wwe there was nothing really wrong technically with it but i just didn't care i I, I really didn't care because the the thing is like i don't mind gorillas destiny as a tag team but when they are literally the new japan equivalent of either no they are the new japan equivalent of the new day because you know they'll they'll literally they'll be the champions they might lose it the old time here or there to sort of like a makeshift tag team or is sort of if like a makeshift tag team that wins the world tag league and then like it'll literally be like a month maybe two and then they'll win the belts back so there's no real there's no real progression sort of like in the tag teams in the tag title scene in new japan so that's it's really a bugbear for me.
1: Yeah, I I I love God. I really really do. Um, again, they're they're the same. I think they're just destined to be very very good tag team, a very very good tag team for the rest of their careers. And no. fair play to them. I mean, that's their niche, and I think they will go down as one of the best tag teams in not just New Japan. I think in wrestling. I think if you just look over it, the way they interact with the crowd, the way they, their entrance, the way they carry themselves, uh, and to top it all off, the wrestling itself, Hmm. they are very, very good across all levels of what you conceive to be a very good professional wrestler these days. Mm -hmm. I will, I will say this though. With Aussie Open, it's like I said before, everything's, everything's there for them to be a success. It's up to them. Now, because let's be honest, let's take the Aussie Open that I want to have in three years, in three in two to three years' time, the Aussie Open I want to have, they're, they're going to be hard-hitting, they're going to still be popular with the crowd, they're still technically going to be faces, but they're going to be a, a bit more god a bit more grills of destiny i think they need a bit more attitude and i think that's where you're going to see the best of them Mm. i think that's when you're going to see the best of them i don't see we're seeing the think we're seeing the best of aussie open at the minute yeah that's that's me one little thing about it this match was just there Mm -hmm. i feel for the sake of maybe aussie open for them to get their names out there, I'd love for New Japan to take them and just see what they can do with them. I'd love for that to happen. I'd love for that to happen because these guys have got something good about them, and I think if they went to New Japan and G O D worked with them, or they they went up, they joined a faction, Chaos or Los Ingobernables. I think that's that's their next step. I want that to be their next step, really. Mm. And I think they, they could work better off that. But again, this match was more exhibition-y again. I think yeah. it was there to show off of Destiny more than anything. I feel bad for Aussie Open, because it should have shown off them. But I think it just showed off Guerrilla's Destiny more.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm, fair enough. Uh, right, so we'll go on to match number six. It's for the Never Open Weight Championship. The champion, Tomohiro Ishii. Versus the newest addition to the Bullet Club, Kenta. Uh, First proper look at Tomohiro Ishii on the podcast. And thank God, because this (laughs) guy, this fucking guy, is such a fucking G. I fucking... I love Tomohiro Ishii. (laughs) Like, literally, one of my first sort of, like, memories of New Japan was watching a Wrestle Kingdom match he had with Katsuyori Shibata... Where they battered the fucking shit out of each other, and it yeah. was glorious. Yeah, this guy's a legend. This guy's a legend. Yeah, it's and, amazing. I mean, it's sort of. It, I think because like I, I'm quite partial to sort of like matches that involve Tomohiro Ishii and Minoru Suzuki going against each other, um, <laughs> just because I am, <laughs> and uh, I think it was like after. I think it was, like, last week or something like that, I put a... There's a match that they have with at a show in 2018. There's a fucking barn burner of a match. It's really fucking good. And um, I just sort of clipped this, like, forearm battle that they have. It's, like, three and a half minutes long, and it's fucking brutal. And um, I think it was um, Coxie that said at the time, it was just sort of like, I'm surprised that, you know, Ishii's never been a world champion. And I literally just made the case of um, saying, well, it wasn't really until he got to his mid to late thirties that he became the amazing wrestler that he is today. Because like the 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 thing is, sort of like I I get most well, I I say that because from uh, Big Daddy Meltzer, um, who literally just made the case of saying, like up until sort of like his early thirties, he was just a guy. You know he, he was he was serviceable, but he wasn't that great. But then he got sort of like into his mid to late thirties and just became this absolutely fucking amazing worker. Um, and I just sort of like I I love Ishii because he's probably the most like oh, I say most consistent. I'd say he's the most he's the second most consistent worker in New Japan for me personally, and only. Okada's better I would say i'd I'd, I'd say Okada is, is the one who's who's more consistent than Ishi because the thing is every time I watch an Ishi match I'm just sort of like this is so fucking good this is so fucking captivating and he makes he's the he's the kind of wrestler that will not only get the best out of himself he will get the best out of the individual that he's facing because I mean <clears throat> if you need evidence enough, I go back and watch the the match that he had where he won the never Openweight title um against tai Chi. now i'm not going to put it lightly i fucking hate taiji i think he's he's the new japan equivalent of baron corbin because i think his gimmick sucks i think he's a lazy fucking worker and i just continue to i well i continue to sort of like Um, theorise that he has some dirt over Ghetto that just sort of like (laughs) there's got to be something that he's hanging over the booker's head that makes him continually get booked yeah fuck you Baron Corbin that makes him continually be at least a champion in this otherwise great promotion because I mean fucking hell once again show I went to in Altrincham he had a match with Will Ospreay, and fuck me, it was so fucking boring. How shit of a worker do you have to be to have a boring match with Will Osprey? But yet, but yet, they have a match at Dominion uh, in 2018, and the match is, no, not 2018, the match at Dominion in 2019, and the match itself is really fucking good. It's a really good fucking match, and as I say, Tomohiro Ishii, um, beats Tai Chi to become the never openweight weight champion, um, and yeah, I, I mean, you go back and look at. I mean, if you if you want to sum up Tomohiro Ishii and the kind of work that he is, I definitely recommend from the G1 tournament that's just been. You go back and watch every all nine matches that involve Tomohiro Ishii because every single one of them is fucking outstanding. That well, they they range from from good to outstanding, I should say.
1: That the man is so underrated. It's untrue. I mean, he's an IWGP Tag Team Champion with Toriyano. He's in, and that's he's won the NEVER Open Weight Championship five times, and never in the NEVER Open Weight Six Man Tag Championship one time. And but, and but, look at him—the matches he puts on—and yeah. that's all he's got to speak of in New Japan.
2: <clears throat> hmm.
1: I mean, are you you kidding me? Like, I mean, Ring of Honor has won the television championship once. Ref Pro won the British Heavyweight Championship twice. This is... Come on. You know what I mean? Come
0: on. I think the the only reason why he hasn't been an IWGP world champion, and I think he probably never will, is because, unfortunately, he's come good in sort of like the time where Okada's been at his best and, you know, Tanahashi is still as popular as he is and you've got sort of like the popularity of Tetsuya Naito and sort of like the emergence of Jay White. It's literally just come at the wrong time for him. Whereas if he'd come good sort of like around the times that the likes of Satoshi Kojima, Yuji Nagata, Tamaki Honma, when they had been world champions, no question in my mind would he have got a world title if he'd come good around about that particular you know time frame, mm.
2: um,
0: but unfortunately, it's it just it was wrong time, wrong time really, right place, wrong time for Ishii.
1: Yeah, I, feel, I I really feel. I feel awful for him in a way because I, I he must hold. He, he's got to hold that heavyweight title before he retires. He's got to. He's got to. It'd be an absolute crime for him to end his wrestling career and not be heavyweight champion. Whoever your franchise boy is, obviously, New Japan's franchise boy is Katsuchika Okada. Mm -hmm. You cannot keep the belt on him forever. For it to mean something, it needs to be taken off him. Even if you want it to mean more to him, you've got to take it off him at some point. Now, New Japan are quite iffy about this. They feel the safe option is to keep the title on Okada. Okada, the most um, popular um, wrestler by far in New Japan. He's the safe option. Mm-hmm. however i think it's it it'll be unjust for someone like tom at Ishi to not have that title in the next couple of years yeah you, you can't at least you cannot, at least one it all, all it needs is once for a couple of months that's mm-hmm. it that is all really we as fans probably he himself is asking for we're not asking for multiple reigns. We're probably not even asking for a year-long reign, let's be honest. If you can build something up towards Wrestle Kingdom or, say, what or, or whatever, yeah, just another pay-per-view, whatever. It doesn't have to be Wrestle Kingdom. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> just what have it. it to... Yeah, there's just no reason that. you can't do that at, like, a Dominion. Exactly. Exa- and Dominion is perfect,
0: actually.
1: Have those pay per view because... The problem New Japan are are coming to now is we're looking at the main event. Obviously, I'm not counting this year's Wrestle Kingdom, not to spoil spoil the whole damn thing as to who holds the titles, but Mm -hmm. okay. Uh, (laughs) Titles, I've given it away sort of there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's... Because obviously, again, it's it's that thing where we put it back on Okada, we make it safe. Mm-hmm. We, we keep our status quite high.
2: Yeah.
1: And the problem they're going to run into now is that Okada, to to quote a famous term used by another wrestler, Okada wins lol. <laughs> like Cena wins lol. Reigns wins lol. You demean, you, it lowers that championship down so much if you just have him winning constantly. By, by, well, by winning constantly, I mean every single pet. Pay- I don't mean, say, if you defend it once every three pay per views, it, it's fine. That's fine. Sort of like the, the NWA title. Look how that's done. That's not really defended on every single pay per view. No. On anything they do. And even if it is, it's not a big match. It's sort of built up to be. They've they got to build someone up as a threat, as a proper threat. And if you build someone up as a proper threat, even if, say, someone like Okada wins, it means something still. Yeah. But eventually that dies out. I do feel that dies out. Unless you're very, very good at booking. Unless you're very, very good at your character, which Okada and New Japan are, much like NWA and Nicole Aldis are. Mm-hmm. But again, I want to see this built
0: on Tom Hira Ishii, man. Yeah, I'd, I wanna, I'd, I want to see this belt on him because I, I think he fucking deserves it. I'd love to. I'd love to see him have a run with it. I really, really would. He's, he's that fucking good. I I, I don't. Uh, what does the man have to do? What does the man have to do? As I say, as I say, I think it's just a case of wrong place, wrong time. What's right place, right place? But it's come at the wrong time because there's been that many people at sort of like a consistent level that have just literally they've had to capitalize on. Like I don't think it, I don't think it would personally matter when Ishii would get the belt. I just think it should happen. A retirement match, maybe.
1: Yeah. Even then, that'd be popping. Yeah. But anyway, I'm gonna go back to this match because I've just learned to just a be- nice little note. Just, oh, before,
0: go on, go just on. before we get to the match, um we had like a long talk about Ishii. Um I just wanted to talk a little bit about Kenta. Now yes. obviously Kenta. Forget? <laughs> mm, now obviously Kenta um had a like well legendary cult following from his time in Pro Wrestling Noah. And then obviously making sporadic opinion, uh, appearances in Ring of Honor, doing battles with the likes of Samoa Joe and the former Brian Danielson, now Daniel Bryan. Um, and just was seen as sort of like a big, big marquee signing when WWE signed him. Um, but they, well, WWE being WWE, didn't cater to sort of like his style, tried to teach him the style that WWE teaches everybody didn't really mesh with him he just couldn't really just wasn't able to click in wwe and then had like major shoulder injuries and just lost all his momentum couldn't get it back was delegated to sort of 205 live and just eventually it, it just was eventually like okay i'm fucking miserable here can i can i just go and I can't, I don't know whether he was released or whether he just sort of like didn't re sign. Um,
1: I'm, I'm
0: not too sure, not either. I'm not 100% sure, not 100% certain myself. Um, but he showed up at Dominion, um, sort of like a couple of months prior, sort of like basically much like uh Shingo Takagi and John Moxley had done throughout the night, basically put his name forward as maybe consider me for being in the G1 tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and had uh, had significant backing from Katsuyori Shibata. Um, started was involved in the G1 tournament. Started off really well with a four and zero record, which included having a win over uh, Kota Ibushi. Um, I think he beat Tanahashi as well. I think.
1: I think he, he went. Bet. He went on a, a run of four, where he beat he because blo- he was in block a. If I remember, he stayed undefeated. He defeated Tanahashi, Lance Archer, and Evil.
0: And Ibushi. And Ibushi. And then lost his last five. Um, And I always, like, from watching that G1, um, and I always felt with sort of like the G1 matches, there wasn't like anything particularly wrong that he did, but he just had the the WWE stink of him over. You know, it's I'm probably not like wording it correctly, but you know, it's sort of like somebody that's been stuck in sort of like the WWE system for so long. And then you see him in sort of like a different light and you just sort of like, okay, you know, I, I, I could do with you sort of like doing something a little bit different, but you know, i um, I still associate you with, with WWE. So it was a like watching his, his matches in the G1 was sort of like a little bit of a clash for me. Um, not to say that anything he did during that G1 tournament was bad, it's just, like, literally, as I said, he just had this, this stink of the WWE all over him. Um, and it's explained sort of like in the, the promo package, because the last, these last three matches all have uh, have promo packages uh, that play. And um, so it's... Um... Come on, Brain. <laughs> brain fart once again.
1: Work, Brain! Work! Work! <laughs> work you um, bastard!
0: Yes, uh... Oh yeah, I've got, it back. I've got it back. I've got it back. I've got it back. Um so the uh G1 Finals show, August 12th, uh six man tag match with uh Kenta, Ishi, and Yoshihashi against the Gorillas of Destiny by Fale. Kenta did his best impression of Rick Martel, um, <laughs> <laughs> the older uh, strike Force <laughs> crackle, <of> WrestleMania <laughs> 5. Uh, <laughs> just basically left Ishii and Yoshihashi out to dry. Um Ishii did actually quite a really good job of sort of like coming back and like looking as if they were going to win. Kent came back in, gave him a running knee and a go to sleep and uh, allowed the bullet club team to pick up the win. And then um, was literally just going to cut a promo, a promo on the crowd. And then probably one of my favorite um, segments from sort of like this past decade, um, <laughs> out came Katsuyori Shibata and he beat the living f- out of kenta can says say
1: shabbat is the same person who headbutted a guy cracked his skull had When a bleed he, on the brain had a bleed on the brain went into a coma for god knows how long almost died yep and then he comes back and does shit like this yeah,
0: yeah. this was this th- should probably put into context that this was his first like physical thing that he did. Did uh... you not feel I felt
1: because I remember watching this. I remember watching that, 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 that um turn that Kenta did and Shibata coming out and being and then Shibata getting beat up. I, I felt very uneasy watching it. Knowing yeah. what he went through, mm-hmm. knowing probably what his medical history and probably what he's still going through, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt very uncomfortable watching it. Because I was like,
0: please don't fucking hurt yourself anymore. Come well, in, come on. Well, I mean, given given his injury, the world the would be. Well, I mean, I re- I always remember sort of like fe- feeling the same way when Daniel Bryan came back.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I, yeah. I
0: felt I felt it sort of like similar. Um, but I, I, I do know that sort of like at the time that Shibata was trying to get cleared for specifically Wrestle Kingdom, so I think that this was sort of like done in a way that could make, that could have potentially set up a Wrestle Kingdom grudge match. Um, but as I say, alas, it didn't, it didn't happen. Um, and I don't really know whether Shabata will continue to sort of like do what Daniel Bryan did and sort of like maybe look at ways to sort of like get himself medically cleared. I Don't really know. Um, but that's, you know. Um, yeah. Shabata's re- a psycho man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, regardless, this like put this like cemented Kent's heel turn because I, f- I feel like I feel like if he'd just done the the, the the thing of like screwing with, screwing she he wouldn't have been quite over as a heel as much as he has been. Really, yeah. I think yeah. it was. I think it was a very good. It's a, it was a fantastic way of getting heat. Of getting heat. A really, really good way of getting heat. Um, so with regard to this match, um, it's just under, just just over ten minutes old, and it's nothing, nothing bad, nothing particularly blow away. I mean, it's. it's I'd say, in terms of sort of like an issue match, I'd say it was, the pacing was quite a little bit slow, but I'd still say at this point, it was pretty decent. Um, and I've got the sort of like the timestamp here of uh, when a particular incident happens. Uh, it's one hour, 58 minutes and 45 seconds into the show. If uh, any of you listeners out there want to go and, uh and watch what happens here. Uh, but Kenta delivers a German suplex to Ishii. Ishii immediately gets up and hits a German suplex of his own. And... You know, there doesn't seem like anything anything you know, bad about the landing from Kenta. It looks like a perfectly natural German suplex bump. Like yeah, I've when seen. I
1: first saw it, it just i d I didn't think anything of it. No. But then as the
0: That's then yeah, lit- so gone, literally, yeah. literally Kenta immediately gets up and hits the discus clothesline in such a way that it looks as if it's in slow motion. Like it's 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 a proper like slow discus clothes. Yeah. And then Kenta goes to sort of like pick shoot up for sort of like a regular body slam and he just fucking crumples. He crumples to the fucking mat as if he's been hit with a fucking haymaker from Mike Tyson. It was it was scary, man. And the 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 thing that was even more scary, like I mean, I'll I'll give you a spoiler alert, people. Kenta got concussed in this match, and people have sort of like identified it was around about here when he got concussed. But I mean,
1: it's, it's, it's so... Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I was I was obviously I knew of the incident before the the actual thing took place, so I knew sort of that like when it was coming. I didn't know how bad it was because sometimes you see him. Oh, I've just been. You could think they've just been like dazed or something. Just been rocked like like boxers get rocked. And then sometimes they find the they find the feet they find the head and the back back in it. This man he crumbled. His legs gave way. He was out like a fucking light. He didn't know where he was, what he was doing. This was a potentially very very dangerous situation.
0: Oh, absolutely. Very
1: dangerous.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you could tell from sort of like he had this blank expression on his face. And you know, like Kent has got like a particular like heel face. It's just sort of like, you know, um, it, you know, it's the it's the age old equivalent of walking around with a face like a smacked ass. That is his heel face, and he he literally just sort of like had this blank expression. And I'm there just going to referee Marty Asami. It's like Marty, uh, you maybe want to step in there, you know, I d- d- guys clearly fucking knocked out here, can you just just, no, no. You, you, you just going to let the match continue it's, but wait what and, it was it was so bad, it, it, was, bad. it, it was, was bad it was really,
1: yeah. And even at the end of the match he, Kenta couldn't even spoilers, he wins um, yes. Kenta couldn't even climb the ropes, yeah uh, he couldn't, he physically couldn't climb the ropes to celebrate with the title at the end well, I mean, I know he went yes. straight to hospital after this. Mm-hmm. Straight to hospital. I mean, any head injury is so, so dangerous. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it in football. Yeah, I've seen it kill a man in cricket. That was enough for me to almost want to stop playing it, to see someone still wearing a helmet, being struck by the ball just underneath their underneath the helmet, back of it, the, and then dying. That was enough for me to say, right, no, no more, no more. I don't want to do this anymore because that's dangerous. It. <sighs> this was a very dangerous situation. I don't think it was taken seriously at the time. No. Upon reflection, maybe it should have been, but then that's upon reflection. You can watch things over and over and over again and then make a decision. <sighs> With head injuries now, we cannot <clears throat> take the chance. You seen what's happened to Shibata? Yeah. Look what happens to, has happened to Daniel Bryan. I mean, yes, Daniel Bryan's back and wrestling again. And that is nothing short of a miracle. Let's yeah. be honest. It's not it's not down to luck or anything like that. It is a miracle. Mm-hmm. It is an absolute miracle that man is still wrestling and is even alive to do so. Yes. That obviously we go back loads and loads of years. Lying heart, God rest his soul, broke his neck. Um, There's this things like this And situations like this in matches Where It's up to the wrestlers to say to the ref Let's slow down Let's stop Let's evaluate this properly Maybe even do a rest hold or two And see what's the matter And then go from there No, this went from move to move to move
2: mm.
1: He got suplexed. He got knocked Next thing you know, they're going into. I think he went into a few clothesline. Tried to do a clothesline, couldn't do it, and then he's trying to do a power slam on him. Yeah, they've they've got to stop that match at that point, at the very least, and do a rest hold or something like that. Evaluate the situation. If not, end it quickly, or if he's fine, carry on. That's what should have happened, but to,
0: to be honest with you, I was. When this when this was sort of like when this was happening, I sort of like had flashbacks to the time Daniel Bryan got concussed in a match with Randy Orton. And it was actually um I think it was like Triple H backstage to sort of like through the grapevine and just sort of like end this fucking match. This guy is completely out. And um I remember reading in Daniel Bryan's book that Daniel Bryan still concussed a fuck. Went back and actually confronted Triple H and just been sort of like, why the fuck did you stop this? Why the fuck did you stop it? It's like, mm. it's, I didn't see anybody like forcing you to stop when you um, tore, your, uh, uh, tore your, tore your, yeah, <laughs> tore your everything, tore your quad muscle in that, like, <laughs> you know, that match with uh, Jericho and Benoit in 2001. It just sort of like, that's the whole reason why I stopped it because. You know, <laughs> looking back on that scenario, he probably shouldn't have kept yeah. on going. But it was literally just a case of you can't rely on the wrestlers to, um, you know, take take the responsibility and just be sort of like, yeah. oh no, it, I'm, I am I can't do this. I can't do this. You're gonna have to you have to stop the match. Because the thing is, wrestlers don't. They 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 don't. They've got a they've got a mindset on. They've got sort of like, you know, the working head on. They just, you know, any sort of like little bump and cranny. Like it's, it's most, most, well, I say, I say all wrestlers, most wrestlers in that situation would just want to continue. And I feel there was a lack of somebody. If it weren't wasn't going to be the referee, it should have been someone with an of authority in the back that should have just called an audible and just been like, end this match now. End this match. This guy needs medical help, and it it's it's not worth it. It is not yeah. worth it.
1: It's not. At the, at the end of the people have died. Yeah, and and you've got to think uh, there's there's families behind this. I mean, let me put this into context. I know it's, it's going to sound completely st- stupid to, to people who have not played this game. I was playing cricket for nineteen years of my life. The worst I, worst injury I ever got was probably a broken finger or two probably the worst injury I ever got. I watched Philip Hughes a few years ago now um, open, batting as he would, helmet on, he had every protective gear on that would ever, that, that existed. There was no way for him to even get hurt, let alone die.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He gets a ball that's bounced towards his head, he goes to duck, the ball hits him just, I can't I explain it to you but if you feel the back of your head you'll feel like a little bone punking out just under there is probably where your helmet stops, so sort of like top of the neck bottom of your head, it's hit him there and it's killed him now ever since I watched that that match it was a, it was a, a, a match in Australia it was in the back of my mind every time I went out to play
2: mm-hmm.
1: I probably carried on for another three or four years after. It was in the back of my mind. Every time, if I turn and miss this, I could be seriously hurt. And then who am I putting out there? My mother, my sister, my wife, my stepchildren.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I took the decision last year to it. right, it might be a one in a million chance. It might never, ever happen. Mm. But the word I don't like in that sentence is might.
2: Yeah.
1: Might makes it plausible. Mm -hmm. Now we look back on this match and go, we watch what happened with Shibata. Kenta might at that point have had a very serious injury. And we could be sitting here now, saying how that could have been his retirement match, like it was Shibata's. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people don't know when to say stop. Yes. And I think sometimes the business and the thing that you're doing and the, the plaudits that you get from it overtake the negatives. I decided at the grand old age of 28 years old to say, right, I'm now playing another cricket match again. I've played for my county. I've played for Lancashire. I've done everything. I've won every league I've played in. I've got best player in every league I've played in. I've done enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've done enough personally. I'm not going the only thing I'm going to go out there to do is possibly win something I've already won or get hurt. That's the only thing I'm going out there to do. Yeah. Now I know I'm comparing to entirely different sports here, but the mindset I believe is the same. Yeah. We could be sitting here now speaking. Kenta could have been great. Kenta could have gone on to do something fantastic. Instead, he's in the wheelchair, or instead he's dead. Oh God for God Touchwood, God, you know he's he's dead. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or or something else. Or oh, he's retired. or He can't wrestle again. Yeah. These wrestlers don't know when to say stop. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, they don't. No. The, um, so it's up to the ref and the people around the ring at that time to invite. I think there needs to be more trainers around the ring.
2: Yeah.
1: I think there needs to be more medical personnel by the ring. There is no point in having a doctor backstage. I am sorry, there is no point. Because it'll take him at least one to two minutes to get from... The ramp, depending how long the bloody... If you look at past WrestleMania ramps, that's a good three or four-minute ru- 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 <laughs> walk. It is. Yeah, yeah And that yeah. three or four minutes is, could possibly, God forbid, life and death. Mm-hmm. For someone, if something goes catastrophically wrong, it is. They need to be at ringside constantly. And then it doesn't just need to be one. There needs to be two or three. Yeah. And I think this—it was one of them things where none of the—I don't think Kenta knew what happened. Oh, no. I don't think Kenton knew what's happened to him. In fairness to um, uh, Tommy here, is he? I don't think even he knew what happened until after, until a few minutes after. Mm. It is up to the people around to protect these guys because one day god forbid on a live stream on a pay-per-view if something categorically goes wrong someone is going to die. we've seen people die from a drop t- i've seen we've seen wrestlers die from a drop toe hold onto the middle rope for god's sake
2: yeah
1: something as simple as that
2: mm-hmm.
1: we've seen someone die from that and these guys are doing suplexes and headbutts and strikes and forearm strikes and, and slaps shot and slaps and dives outside of the ring
2: mm-hmm
1: so, but they don't they don't know the stopping point they do not know the stopping point no which
0: you know unfortunately well this 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 whole like this whole incident thing really took away from the match for me because yeah. I've, I've got to be honest like i couldn't really enjoy it and the the, 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 the thing is it's not as if the match was was bad it was it was actually like on Virgin on the on the side of being really darn good, mm. but the simple fact is is that this happened and you know the the guy is like legitimately hurt and yet there was nobody there to just sort of like call an audible and just sort of like you know stop it because this match kept on going for like another nine n- nine or ten minutes.
1: It was hard to watch.
0: That's, that's the scary thing about it. But that's
1: the thing. Mm. if he had a bleed on the brain for that length of time yeah I still haven't known him. again it's life and death yes. and sometimes I think it's unfortunately someone has to die to be to have anything done about it
0: mm-hmm. well it's a, I mean
1: uh, it's the, it's the sad yes. state of the world we live in but yeah. to get things changed someone has to die. Mm-hmm. And that's and I, I hate saying it. I don't want to
0: say it. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, but look at look at the death of Eddie Guerrero. It took the death of Eddie Guerrero for them to bring in wellness test policies. Something yeah, is that's what I mean. Something someone needs to
1: die for something drastic to change. Mm. Alas,
0: yeah. We, we we move on. So yeah, <laughs> this this match was incredibly. Incredibly hard-hitting, incredibly stiff. Um, there's a, um, yeah, evidence a guy is knocked out when he fails to kick out off of the clothesline. Um, eventually, the Gorillas of Destiny appear, and they pull out the ref uh, after Ishii hits a brain buster. Uh, the Grills of Destiny, they just beat down Ishii, hit him with a magic killer. It actually gets, like, a close two, which is actually quite a good near fall. Yeah. Um, I felt there was a bit of continuity bollocks as um, quite a lot of the LA Dojo Young Lions who were trained by Katsuyori Shibata are just sort of standing there as the group who destroy the teacher, just continue on with their yeah. assault. Um, but as I say, that's a that's a little thing, really. Um, to finish of the match, again, another stiff exchange of slaps and fucking Kento comes in with this overarching fucking slap to Ishii, which was mad that 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 was it a right hay, like a right haymaker sort of thing yeah oh my god
1: Fuck yeah he it fucking it, slapped the fucking it, tape it out felt mouth it sent chills well i fucking felt it
0: yeah i yeah. felt it oh yeah
1: Jeez, it's it weren't pretty like it were yeah. not
0: pretty and then uh, off this, uh, Kenta hits uh, Ishi with a Go to Sleep and picks up the win. Uh, this match went just over twenty minutes, um, and as I say, I to, I to... if you if the guy hadn't have been concussed, I'd be saying this is a really darn good match. But the fact the guy got concussed and was still allowed to carry on, I can't, I can't, I can't put, it to, I can't call this a good match. I really cannot call this a good match because watching something and you finding it, you you finding it like in the pit of your stomach, you're really struggling to get through it. Mm. You you can't call it good. I, I, I can't. I can't really.
1: I think the problem with it was he was so obviously out of it. Yes, and I think the, you, there's a there's a notable oomph um, in the crowd when it happens, when they see him acting the way he is.
2: Mm-hmm. And they it's...
1: They, of course they can tell. Of course they can tell. And it's, it's, it's obvious, and people go, yeah, this needs to be finished and sharpish. Mm-hmm. I... Yes, this would have been a great match if he didn't... If, whatever, if he didn't get knocked out. Yes. But the fact that he got knocked out and then carried on
0: yes it's
1: it it the crowd the crowd reaction says it all Mm. the crowd reaction says it all for me yes it really it just wasn't nice didn't sit well i personally was so looking forward to this Mm -hmm. so looking forward to this and then that happened and I was just and I was just fearful of something awful happening.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, something awful did happen. Well, <laughs> but yeah. Don't get me wrong. But something even categor- catastrophically worse. worse. Yeah. That's the the main fear for me, and I think that takes over. Mhm. And I I sort of felt for these two in the end because I did, yeah. Because these two could really go at it on another night with that other mm-hmm. happening, and really set the crowd alight and set the house on fire
2: yeah
1: ends up one incident and a a carrying on of the incident would you say Mm
0: -hmm. doesn't sit well with me did not sit well with me no, didn't with me either Uh, right so semi main event time, it's a rematch from the G1 Supercard and it's for (laughs) the Revolution Pro British Heavyweight Championship, the champion Zack Sabre Jr. defending against the ace of New Japan, Hiroshi Tanahashi um I mean I've gotta be honest I preferred the match at the G1 supercard more than this one. I agree. I felt this was I felt the I felt it was a bit more sluggish. I felt it wasn't as heated. Um and yeah yeah, I, I mean, I, just, I felt the I felt the G one match was was more was paced better. Yeah, I mean,
1: I felt. with these two, you know what you are going to get. I said this the G one supercard thing. Yeah, you know what you are getting with these two. Mm-hmm. I just feel this was a bit of a layoff. Yes, and a bit of a way for to change. I think the main thing with this was to get that
0: title changed yeah it was
1: it's, that so was that was the, the aim of this I think. so it's
0: something significant on this on the show
1: yeah and i think that was the, the 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 thing from this and giving uh tanahashi the uh the win that he did not get at the g1 mm-hmm. with in saying that
0: massive fuck you brexit chant <laughs> Fuck you, Brexit chants. And if yeah. you all, and if you hate Boris Johnson, <laughs> clap your hands. And oh, I, sorry. <laughs> I, I literally had in my notes was just sort of like, God, this could, you know, they're making more noise than the crowd at Madison Square Garden uh, crowd did. But the thing is, when you're doing chants that have sort of like a humorous edge to it, it means that you're not like properly invested in the match.
1: Yeah, and that brings on to my point of the the culture.
0: Mm.
1: In America, they've got used to this really shitty WWE half-assed, couldn't give a shit entertainment thing that they put on. Mm-hmm. And that's where I believe that the the, the atmosphere of at the G one didn't work. Yeah, in some matches rather than others. Mm-hmm. In this one. There is how many less fans? 14,000 less people, (laughs) shall we say? Something like that, 12,000, 14,000? don't know the specifics.
0: Just trying to find out the attendance from the G1. It's about 10,000 less. 10,000 less.
1: And they made more noise than them. Mm. What would we rather watch? Let's be honest. People listening, uh, uh,
0: don't know about you, but... What would you rather watch? I would rather sort uh, of like, I'd rather an energetic crowd that are just sort of like trying to encourage Hirsch Tanahashi or trying to encourage Zack Saber Junior. Mm-hmm. Not talking about the current political plight in their own fucking country. Like I realize Zack Saber Junior. has this fucking gimmick of, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be president, prime minister of the uh, of, of Great Britain eventually. So like, well, you fucking not are you?
1: Oh, I don't know. It <laughs> gets my vote. <laughs> but that's the thing. Would you rather watch an intense crowd that's constantly going at it with each other of say say of this of six thousand people than watch a drab, dreary WrestleMania that's ninety thousand?
0: Oh. <sighs> no. Just, that's, like, that's, like, that's like asking which man would I prefer to take my wife? Well, that's, <laughs> the, quote, I, <laughs>
1: uh, but that's the thing though. That's the thing. I can wa- I watch WrestleMania because it's WrestleMania. All, WrestleMania. all wrestling fans watch WrestleMania because it's WrestleMania. They don't watch it because there's going to be a good show on. There mm-hmm. might be a good show on. We don't know. We just watch WrestleMania because it's WrestleMania. That's the, the attitude now. We don't certainly don't watch it for, for the atmosphere with people a million feet up in the air and a thousand of feet away like to the side. Mm. We don't watch it. They're Mount Everest away from the fucking action. They're watching ants <laughs> wrestle. They're watching ants wrestle. Mm. It's <laughs> and I don't know why someone would pay. God knows how much for a ticket in the fucking rafters where you can watch a better car, better ref- wrestlers, be closer with a better atmosphere, with better people. Because let's be honest, I mean, it's, an, it's a no brainer for me. These Going to watch this over a WWE, it's a no brainer for me as a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. I felt we got slightly off topic there. <laughs> I know we did well. <laughs> Just fuck WWE, I've had enough now. No, but um, back on topic, with Zack Sabre Jr. Again, I like him a lot. I do feel the more I watch
0: him, is he a one-trick pony? In terms of his gimmick, yes. Because there's only so much I can take of, oh, come on, dickhead! You know, that's sort of like, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Cockney, Cockney guy telling someone to to telling him to come on and calling him a dickhead. It gets quite tiring quite quickly. Like I, 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 the thing is, I quite like the build to this match because you know they sort of they referenced the G1 supercard. They referenced the fact that Tanahashi injured his elbow, and then there was the whole thing of Zack Saber doing quite poorly in the G1, and then it getting to him, and you know Tanahashi beating him in the G1 to set up this match you know that sort of stuff i quite liked but as i said i felt the the pacing of the match was quite slow and i didn't feel that the crowd were incredibly invested in it like they they were invested but you know they would they seem to be more over to the fact of you know trying to get themselves over and then there's matches somewhat in the background and
1: yeah yeah it, it just just they
0: they just sort of went off on a tangent really didn't they which is, weird. <laughs> which is weird because they didn't do do that in the main event and they were incredibly emotionally invest for the main event which we'll get onto in a second mm. um, the only other thing I have about this match is that the finish just came out of nowhere I mean like it's a, yeah, you know Zack Sabre got knocked down Tanahashi struggled to the top rope, he got to the top rope he went for the high five flow he hit it and then just pinned him it just, it, it, it came out of nowhere. It took me by surprise. It took me It by
1: really surprise. did, because I was just, and like, I was watching it, I thought, I oh, he's going to kick out here, we've got another five minutes to go, but no, he didn't. And I felt very, It was like,
0: oh. Yeah. And
1: I, I I don't want to feel like that at the end of a match. No. I, I just felt, oh, that's the end. Ah, okay, that happened. It wasn't like a, whoa.
2: It you, you know built, what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: Should have been built up
1: better. Yeah. Oh yeah
0: um, so yeah I mean it was a surprise before um, surprise sort of like coming to watch this match that I actually found out that Tanahashi actually won the British heavyweight title because the last I can remember of um, the British heavyweight title in nowadays is um, will Osprey beat Zack Sabre of the last uh, Rev Pro show before you know, COVID nineteen oh. happened. Um so I didn't know that Zack Saber had lost the belt in between then and now. If you if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh,
0: but yeah, uh Zack Saber he would regain the belt um during the destruction tour on September fifteenth and uh he will be on hand to defend that belt at uh I believe it's night two of Wrestle Kingdom fourteen, I think.
1: So, um
0: yes, I think you're right there, yeah. Yeah uh yeah so to, to, as i say it was a lot like yeah i mean for me the, it was very meh uh, it, it was very meh was very, yeah, mere, it was wasn't very it? Mere. incredibly meh i was expecting a lot more to be honest especially after their g1 match we yeah.
1: was, was actually pretty good yeah this just felt a bit flat
0: mhm bit flat which was a shame for these two really yeah it was it was Uh, Anyway, we'll move on to the main events for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. The champion, the rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, defending against the king, Minoru Suzuki.
1: Oh, yes. I'm uh, sorry, I love this. (laughs) I love this so much.
0: Now, the basic build to this match is just centred around uh, Minoru Suzuki not being very happy with uh, New Japan management of uh, being excluded from the G1 tournament. I can say I was uh, in complete agreement with Suzuki. <laughs> uh, just basically making the point of uh, saying that everyone in New Japan uh, management was going to get killed. Which <laughs> um, uh, is fair enough, really, isn't it? Well, yeah. She's... I mean, I, I always like I fucking like spoiler alert, people. I think I can say categorically for us both, we both love Minoru Suzuki. Oh God, yeah. He's a, fucking, he's a fucking amazing He's the kind of
1: person who says he's going to kill and you think, oh shit, he's going to kill
0: me. He he's exactly actually going, going to, to fucking
1: kill me. He's going to fucking do horrible things to me. I could have phrased that a bit better,
0: but you know what I mean? No, 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 no. It's, yeah, but, you know, he has the believability of if he says he's going to kill you, he's actually going to kill you. Yeah. Like, I always remember sort of like, I can't remember whether it was last year or the year before. Like, he's cutting a name ring promo and someone like heckles him from the crowd. And he just basically goes, Yeah, you. I hope hope when you leave this arena you get hit by a car. And it's just Again, fair enough. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> just like, yeah, fair enough. Guarantee that agree. person I, walking around that arena shitting himself. I'd just be like, Mr. Suzuki, hey, I, I, I can run him over personally if you really want me to. It's like <laughs> fair enough. Um we give it for him to have set up, <laughs> set up set up loads
1: of fantastic accidents to happen to people <laughs> i hope that piano doesn't fall on you <laughs> <I don't> think... <laughs> oh that would be brilliant oh someone do that oh someone do that please oh I think of some hilarious accidents um <laughs> the bus piano. What else could he set up? He could make the silliest shit sound menacing. He could be wildly coyote out of Roadrunner and it'd be like fucking sore. We, <laughs> <lost laughs> we are the Lost of
0: We are the Lost Art WrestleBox do not condone murder in any way. No matter how accidentally you try to make
1: it. Or oh, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> However, if you are going to cause yourselves an accident, do film it and put it on You've been yeah, Get a yourself two
0: hundred quid, Hey! Get a watertight alibi before you do. And <laughs>
1: um, don't,
0: so, yeah. me- don't mention us for the love fucking God. <laughs> we didn't give you the idea. <laughs> no,
1: it was so- it was Minoru Suzuki. Blame him. Oh God, no, don't blame him. That's <laughs> Don't blame not- Minoru Suzuki. Oh, don't blame Mister Shit. Uh, what should we do now? <laughs> fucking talk about the fucking budget,
0: uh, yeah. please. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the the basic premise behind this was. Suzuki was pissed off he was left out of the G1. So on G1 finals night, um, Suzuki actually pinned Okada in a match that also featured uh, Zack Sabre and Hiroshi Tanahashi and uh, made his intentions clear. He wants the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Um, So we get the... <laughs> yes, we don't get a dubbed-over version, so we actually get to hear the 30th anniversary edition of Kazanina Ray. That fucking awesome theme. I mean, you were talking about Rapongi 3K's theme. Yeah. That is awesome. But this is on a a different fucking level.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah.
0: Because there's there's nothing I love more than sort of like whether it be a crowd in Japan, or it be in the US, or here in the UK. There's nothing that fills me with more glee than when it gets to the chorus and hearing Capacity crowd singing a lot singing Casanina Ray along. It's 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 fucking glorious. It is glorious. Um I didn't make what well, the, the only notes that I made about this match was the finish. Um but it, I mean this was a fucking this was a slug fest. An absolute slug fest. And
1: I've I've written in big capital letters the fucking forearm strikes.
0: Yes. So, <laughs> if you've got anything else to add, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, it, it it's it tells a story much like Okada Suzuki matches do. Is that Minoru Suzuki is going to be fucking vicious, and the only way that you're going to be able to get through it is by surviving and outlasting Suzuki's viciousness, because there's this um, like even early on, like not only this is, you know suzuki's not only a great wrestler he's a great fucking character as well like there's a bit where they're out on the entrance ramp suzuki hits a, a penalty kick mm. he goes under the ring gets a chair and the referee um i think it's red shoes red shoes the referee it is red time?
1: shoes yes because i red remember shoes. him
0: trying to uh, take the chair off yeah he tries taking <laughs> the chair off him so suzuki goes <laughs> in the ring he still has the chair in hand, just sets it up and sits sits on the chair and just sort of lean oh, back God, leans yeah. back. Just sort of like, yeah, come on. Your punishment's not over yet. Um and yeah, Suzuki just tortures Okada. And it literally just gets to this point where um they have this glorious forearm battle. And to be f- like um yeah, it's just like having this exchange back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and Suzuki just sort of like goes, "Okay, lads, come on, give me your best shot." He even puts his hands right behind his back, and to be to give credit to Okada, he's not known as he's not known as being the most vicious striker, but he laid in a couple of good fucking digs,
1: and he he, t- he took he him well and all. My oh. God, this boy took him oh. well.
0: Oh <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, after laying in a couple of good digs, which is sort of like Okada does what Suzuki does, he puts his hands right behind his back and allows Suzuki to give him a couple of free shots. And the fucking crowd, <laughs> the crowd even realise, oh my Christ, Okada is signing this fucking death warrant here. Because yeah. <laughs> he fucking gives him three fucking unbelievable forearms. The third one was the best. And even so, because like there's where it's where the like hard camera is in sort of like it's shown with sort of like the entrance entranceway Mm -hmm. in the background. On the left hand side, there is a woman in sort of like a mustard yellow, um, I think like cardigan or something like that. Mm -hmm. And as soon as Suzuki hits this third, um, this third forearm that honestly sounds like fucking, you know, you're whipping the ground with sort of like a a belt or something like that. Her fucking reaction is just to go, oh. Ah! Yeah, I think I remember what you're perfectly. talking about
1: now, yeah. it's, it's it... <laughs> Yeah, it does though, doesn't it? And that's the impact it has on the crowd. Yes. Regardless of us at home, we can hear it a lot better and probably see it a lot better than some of them people there. Mm. <clears throat> but, <laughs> yeah speak for itself the crowd sometimes a crowd reaction speaks for itself oh, yeah. and i think when you're watching it on a live stream or skybox office or whatever and you see a crowd re- reacting in a certain way it height heightens that moment mm-hmm. and really hypes it up and you sort of feed off that in a way yeah and you just believe it a bit more believe it a bit more is probably the wrong word phrase to use but you, you, you invest in it a bit more. Yeah, yes, definitely.
0: Um, so, yeah, after this third forearm shot, Okada just drops down to his knees and um, Suzuki just prepares for a forearm to the back. And the crowd at that point in time are just chanting for Suzuki. And he just gives this look to the crowd who are just sort of like, can you just hold back your chant one second and just fucking listen to what I'm going to do? And the crowd is just sort of like, oh, shit, yeah, sorry. And then he just goes, bam! <laughs> just delivers this <laughs> sick forearm to the back of Okada's neck. It was, ah. Oh, You've seen a man. Fucking who, glorious. Who knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Who knows what he's doing. And then sort of like, I mean, like, getting into the later stages of the match, like, the, the crowd just like... They start to boo Okada when Okada makes his his comeback, but they're mm. not booing him in the case of "Oh fuck you, Okada, we fucking hate you." It's just a case of, no, we fucking we love Minoru Suzuki, we want him to fucking win. And yeah. by God, they tease a, a Gotch style power driver, and the fucking crowd, they they believe that they believe that Suzuki is going to hit it and win the fucking belt. It was yeah. it was. It was incredible. It was that
1: close. It was that close, yeah.
0: Um, But uh, Suzuki is unable to hit the star power Driver. Um, uh, Okada reverses it, hits a spinning tombstone, and then a proper rainmaker gets the pin, wins the match, retains the belt. This match went 33-25, and honestly, it went by like that.
1: It did not fly by. It It did not fly by. If matches like that goes quickly, like you said, like they do, mm-hmm. it's a good match. Yeah, I it's mean, just, I, it's a good match.
0: I mean, I, th- I think I made the case of sort of like in the G one G one Supercard, um, the Okada Jay White match. As much as I did enjoy it, I felt that sort of like for the first like fifteen minutes or so, it did feel like fifteen minutes have gone by. Whereas in this match, like it literally got to like the 20 minute mark and I'd only thought that there'd been like seven or eight minutes or something thereabouts it was yeah it's it goes to show what it's the the age old age old saying time flies when you're having fun and I had so much fucking (laughs) fun watching this match it was glorious
1: I'm pretty sure these two guys enjoyed it as well
0: oh yeah they
1: these are two guys that know what they're doing Yes. They know, and they know what they're doing to an expert level. Uh-huh. And you can. This is just two guys. Minoru Suzuki at the grand old age today. Happy birthday, Minoru, by the way. Uh, 52 yeah. years old. Yep. He's still at the top of his fucking game. I'm still fucking 52 going. 52 years old. And Okada doing his thing. This is two men who would just. who make. Half an hour mm-hmm. seem like two minutes. Yep, that's how good they are.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: implore, I implore everyone listening just just go and watch it. Put, yeah, put the television great. remote down, turn off BT Sport and whatever craps on there at the minute. <clears throat> Fucking get on this New Japan yep. and have a watch. And if you're not hooked after it, fair enough. Go back to the crap that you watch now. That's fine. But if I guarantee you, you will be, you will be hooked. Especially be
0: considering this show is free, I implore you all to just go and search down this main event because it's it sums up it sums up Minoru Suzuki perfectly, it sums up Kazuchika Okada perfectly, and it sums up New Japan Pro Wrestling perfectly for me. You want to see a fifty-two-year-old man fucking
1: go at it like a twenty-one-year-old? Watch New Japan.
0: <laughs> watch Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> yeah,
1: watch Minoru Suzuki. You ch- just. Go into YouTube, type in these guys' names. Yeah, go- Google the bloody uh, pay per view. Get the Wikipedia page up. Google these guys' name. YouTube them. Watch highlights. Watch matches.
0: Do whatever, guys. Even that. Even the um, ishii Suzuki battle from Power Struggle 2018. I've made a video of it. It's on YouTube. Go and fucking <laughs> go and watch that, and you'll see the fucking the the level of tenacity that you get from most new japan matches
1: and you'll see the difference between wrestling professional and sports wrestling, entertainment and sport entertainment yeah i made that sound like matt damon now <laughs> <laughs> sport entertainment. it's like a really shit pokemon that's what, it, that's what vinny boy has become too
0: uh yeah so just to close out the show um Okada post match, he calls out Sonada. Sonada comes out. He says the next time he comes to the UK, he'll be IWGP champion. Um, their subsequent match at the King of Pro Wrestling event on October the 14th, Okada would retain. Uh, it's a match that I haven't seen, but given that it's an Okada Sonada match, it's probably darn fucking good. That's, a, um, that's what I mean. We don't have to watch shit to know that it's good. Yes. With this, we
1: don't uh-huh. have to watch shit to know that it's good. Yeah. You just know it's good. It's like a KFC. We know what's in it. We know it's good. Smash and get it on me face.
0: <laughs> oh, don't. You make me hankering for a KFC. I've not had one in months.
1: Oh, make your own. I can give you a cracking recipe.
0: <laughs> Maybe i um recording. And yeah, that brings an end to the Royal Quest show. Um, thoughts overall, man? Thoughts overall on the show? It was very, very good.
1: Love the Okada Suzuki match. I'm gonna say this is a criticism. It felt, in places, like it was more of an exhibition mm-hmm. of look what New Japan has and look what New Japan can do. There's nothing wrong with that. No, but that's I expected more because I've watched New Japan before. Yes, and I've watched lots of I've watched lots of it. I know, and I thought it was just going to kick on from there, if you know what I mean, rather than being being matches slammed together for the sake of slamming together, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, that's my only critic, but um, nevertheless, I, 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 I never have any qualms about any new Japan show. I don't think I've ever watched a bad new Japan show. I don't mm. think I ever have. They've all no. been brilliant. Yeah. And it's, I, I implore people while wow, these things are free now, while you've got nothing to do, some of you, watch these matches. Watch Mm. these matches. Watch these shows. Because they are so, so good. They are so, 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 so good. And watch and and listen to us while you're watching it. Mute it, why don't you? Listen to us.
2: Yeah.
1: Can't guarantee it'll be better. Almost almost
0: certainly not.
1: (laughs) But but try being...
0: You can form opinions about what we are like as wrestling fans.
1: Yeah, yeah. I form opinions about us. You might think I'm an arse, <laughs> which is fair enough. Lots of people think I'm an arse. If anything, I'm consistent. <laughs> but on a, on a on a on a serious serious note, get these shows watched, guys. Mm. Get these shows watched. You are missing out. If you've not seen it before, you are missing out, and. At the end of the day, if you're still enjoying it, if you want more of it, subscribe to New Japan.
0: Yeah. Subscribe to it, because how much is it possible? What is it? I think I mentioned it on the G1 show, uh, but I think it's like just over £7 a month. £7 a month. For And you'll
1: never have a bad bad wrestling show. You never will. I'll promise you now. If so, I'll pay for your fucking subscription for that month. God, I hope they don't fuck up because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be seriously fucking out. <laughs> no, but seriously, guys, if you like what you see, subscribe. It's seven quid a month. Mm. I, it might sound a lot now in today's climate, but if you're a wrestling fan, it's so worth the money. It is so worth the money. Really is. Really, really is.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, like I've, I've pretty much got to echo... A lot of what you said, and I mean, I felt for a lot of for for most of the matches, it had a very sort of like house show feel to it, Mm. which, like you say, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I would just think that for you know the the first like solo New Japan show in the UK, I was expecting a little bit more from like most of the matches. And the, the like the, the one match, not to say that they were necessarily bad, I mean, like from start to finish, the show was incredibly easy to watch. This was such an easy watch, and it didn't yeah. feel like a slog at all. I can't really think of any particular matches that felt like a slog. I think like the only criticism I can have for the show was the production quality because like particularly early on, the troubles with um like the the sound and all that um yeah it was just it, it. that was the only real downgrade for me oh. but everything else was like so easy to watch but that main event was just it's so fucking good i mean it's that's i could i could highly recommend the show just for the main event alone i really could recommend that and this is still free to watch yes if you've got an amazon fire stick which almost
1: lots of people have i know nowadays um, it's just go on apps, search new NJPW world. Yep. Download the app. Go on the app, search Royal Quest. It is there. Free. Watch yep. it. I implore you. What it is that easy. It is that easy, guys.
0: Yes. It's not only on the Amazon Fire Stick, but you can also find it on like the website and stuff like that. But oh, it's just yeah. as easy to and it's not the it's not the last free New Japan show that we've got to cover, because um, the next New Japan show that we cover, which isn't going to be the next episode, but it will be the episode after that, will be the first night of Wrestle Kingdom, and the top two matches um, sort of tie into what was mentioned by a certain Tetsuya Naito uh, during the G1 Supercard, about wanting to hold both the IWGP heavyweight and the Intercontinental title all at the same time, Well, one of four men will have that opportunity because we're going to be reviewing night one, which will uh, cover the first part of the Double Dash tournament. So uh, we will see Tetsu Naito versus Jay White for the Intercontinental title. And we will see in the main event of night one, Kazuchika Okada versus the G1 Climax winner, Kota Ibushi. And the winners of those two matches will go on to the main event of night two, in a title for title match and the winner will be crowned the double champion, uh, which I'm very much looking forward to, but that's on the subsequent episodes that yet to come on our next episode. We are going to be returning to the world of the national wrestling Alliance. We will be having a look at their first pay-per-view since the formation of their YouTube series, NWA power. We will be having a look at NWA into the fire
1: into the fire, into the so,
0: fire, no, which is an it, amazing song, and I'm it's a an shame amazing... on you
1: for changing it.
0: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, that'll be next time uh, on the Lost Art of Wrestlebox. Uh, so if you've enjoyed what you've listened to today, uh, as I say, this is the third episode of sort of like our lockdown series. There are two episodes that we've previously done. One was the G1 Supercard, and the other one was the 2019 Crockett Cup. You can find them on the Lost Art of Wrestling um, podcast feed, uh, available on all good podcast um, distributors, whether it be Stitcher, Spreaker, um, Apple Music, uh, Podbean. Uh, if you or if you have like a Samsung phone and you have the Castbox app, we've got we're on the Castbox app as well. And while you're over there. Um, be sure to uh, leave a like on the Lost Art of Wrestling Facebook page, and they're also on Twitter as well, where we'll just basically have information of, like, any future shows or, like, any, well, whenever episodes drop, really. Um, And you can also, if you like the sound of my voice, um, you can uh, find me on the Lost Art of Podcasting, or specifically the Phoenix Pod, which is uh, the... Well, say so the sister sister brand for the Lost Art of Wrestling. Um, yeah, the Phoenix Pod, we we're just basically going through uh, a lot of the works of the stand up comedian Peter Kay. We've already gone through the first season of Phoenix Nights, and we're literally moving on to that Peter Kay thing. Uh, this, we've already dropped the uh, pilot episode, The Services, which was a really darn good. Uh, darn good luck back at uh young peter k and paddy McGuinness when they were both uh in their prime 25 years young um so yeah that's available on the lost art of podcasting feed uh pretty much exactly the same as the lost art of wrestling stitcher spreaker podbean apple music uh and spotify. also you can spotify yeah. exactly um and yeah available on facebook and twitter and uh yeah. The third podcast that I am available on, or which I feature on, is the R.E.D. Live podcast, um, formerly the Random Ass Discussion. We're actually doing a recording uh, at this point tomorrow, yeah, so buddy. expect expect a new episode to be dropping uh, pretty much exactly the same places you can catch them on uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash R.E.D. podcast, on Twitter at R.E.D. podcast, and you can find back catalogue of episodes on all of your podcast uh, feeders. Um, just just before I forget, uh, I post this. I post like links to this episode in uh, our little Facebook group that I'm a part of, known as Team Friendship. So if you're over, uh, if you're from the Team Friendship uh, Wrestling Facebook group, and you've decided to come in and uh, just basically uh, check us out, thank you very much for. Uh, Checking us out, and hopefully you'll be back for future shows. Um, and the last little plug I'll give will be for my Twitter account. Uh, it's Logden Eleven. It's capital L, capital O, and then lowercase G D E N, and then the number eleven. Uh, I only really plug this because I've just been doing subsequent um, watchlongs of the. Um, new japan cup that's been going on at the moment so if you follow me there you can get my thoughts and you can also sort of like get my opinions just basically talk anything wrestling per se um anthony you got anything to plug mate
1: yes follow me on instagram at the real not daz um the real not does on almost everything um apart from tiktok i am at the annoying husband where I annoy my wife constantly. If you want to see me annoy my wife constantly and possibly get beaten up in the process, go and watch me. Look at my TikTok. It's amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know where to find them. And as always, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you very much for coming on.
1: Loving it, pal. Loving it.
0: Loving it, loving it. We're loving it like this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, until next time, when we'll be back with NWA Into the Fire, I have been Lewis Ogden. And I've been The Real Knockdown's Anthony Dark. And we'll see you next time on The Lost Art of Wrestlebox.